guys, welcome to another episode of Imposter Syndrome. Mm-mm-mm-mm. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. Not bad, bro. It's been a could be better. Day. Could be worse. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's been the feeling most of the the week for most people. I'm here sipping away uh, at my tea. I believe this is chai or just regular tea. No, no, this is like uh, it's chai tea. tea. No, no, no. It's like, um, what is this? Orange? Like some orange mandarin flavored tea. Oh, okay. One of those. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. I think my mom got this from Costco, but yeah, delicious. I, I don't know. Are you guys tea people? Um, growing up? Yeah. Not much, so much anymore. More of a coffee guy now. Yeah. Same. I like coffee way more. Although, like, tea is good. I feel more cozy drinking tea than coffee. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I think I'm a morning coffee for sure kind of guy. And in evening tea, I only drink coffee at night when I'm hanging with the boys or uh, I'm going to work late and I just need that. I don't I don't think it even does anything for me. It's just psychological at this yeah, point. Yeah, like, if you're winding down, tea is perfect for that. Because if you drink coffee when you're winding down, you kind of feel jittery. I don't know. That's now, do you put milk in your teas? No. Not, not unless it's, I'm making chai. When I'm making cha, bro, that is when shit gets real. I have a, I have a method of making it, and and that's it. What and, is it? Bro, when my in-laws came over, we went through the bags of milk like it was freaking can like water. Like I had never <laughs> used that much milk in my life, and it was all for tea. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, bro. Um, dairy is a huge part of Pakistani. And I would even say um, Indian culture as well, Punjabi yeah. culture specifically. It's a huge, dairy is a huge part of it. I think, um, I'm pretty sure Pakistan is one of the m- most, the highest buffalo milk producers in the world. Something along, something like that. Crazy. I've never, I, think, I don't think I've tried buffalo milk. Or maybe I have, but I don't remember. But like I heard it's like very rich. A goat's milk. Goat's milk is salty. It, to me, it's a little salty. Um, I've had goat's milk. I've had camel's milk. Um, what about human? Uh, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> I don't even think I can do it. Is a like a, even a try thing? It just. It's weird though, right? Like we we accept the milk from other pregnant species, but we won't accept our own. I mean, I don't know if I, it's more accepting. It's just. But I guess it makes sense. We don't eat meat from humans either, but we'll meat, eat from. I mean, eat some, meat of from us, some of us do enjoy a bite of that human meat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've, um, I've had buffalo meat in Pakistan. Actually, I don't know if it was buffalo. I, I actually don't know what the difference is. I had meat, uh, sorry, milk from a farm. My uncle um, had the farmhouse when I was in Pakistan. He would someone would go around all over the city and from his, the farm wasn't too far away from Karachi and they would deliver milk to all our relatives. And so one was it non-homogenized? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've never had that kind of milk beforehand. All right. If I did, it was, I was too young. This is back in 2013. Um, Everyone's asleep. I I woke up early, probably because I had the shits or something, you know, when you're in Pakistan, (laughs) If you don't have it, then there's something wrong with you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so someone knocks on the door. I open up and the guy just doesn't say anything. He just hands me this, this thing and he goes, go empty this out. 
I was just like, he just hands it to me. Uh, what am I supposed to do with this? I didn't even know milk used to get del- gets delivered. I gotta, I go um, get some pots and pans and just start filling all that shit up. I'm not sure where to even put put all this. I give it to him and he leaves. But uh, the milk has these like curds, like these, like I think that's it's just butter. I think it's just butter floating on top of milk. And <clears throat> I have this bright idea of like this looks delicious. I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> Look delicious too. So, you know what? I'm gonna warm some up, and I'm gonna have some some of this uh, uh, milk. And so I, by this time, my aunt uh, had, she was up. She boiled some milk up for me. She warmed it up, and I had it for breakfast. Bro, when I say I should have listened to her when she said, "Let me strain this out," I'm like, no. In my mind, I was thinking Malai. You know, shows you know Malai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how do you describe a clotted Like milk? a thick cream. Like a thick, yeah, thick, yeah, right, thick, thick cream. cream. Thick cream. So I was thinking, okay, it's going to be along those lines. I have Lusty with Milai on top. I am going to love the shit out of this. And she's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, what do you mean am I sure? I fucking <laughs> love Malai. And she gives me this milk. And, bro, it was butter on top of the milk. It was butter. I am not joking. The, to- the roof of my mouth had a layer of just, like, greasiness uh-huh. I felt disgusted afterwards. I I had to like go for a walk. I remember just being disgusted the entire day. I'm not eating anything for for a few hours at least. But uh, when I was in uh in Egypt, I also got diarrhea. <laughs> Traveler's diarrhea, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And bro, to the point it was just coming out of my like I couldn't even control it, it was just coming out, bro. And I remember I tried to blame it. I was so young, bro, and I tried to blame it on a turtle. We had like a <laughs> <What>? pet turtle. <laughs> And obviously, like, you know, uh, it was definitely not. Basically, a, a little bit of poo went on the sheets, you know, just a small amount. And so I quickly <laughs> ran to the washroom and I just pretended nothing happened. So then when the maid found out or someone basically found out that, oh, like, what's wrong with this? somebody, you know, something happened on the sheet, I blamed it on the turtle. <laughs> oh, that's even more embarrassing than just uh, admitting what happened. Yeah. But, I've, I, you know, there used to be milk delivery even in North America. You know, the whole milkman, they'd come with yeah, the glass. Yeah. The glass bottles. No, so that, yeah. I, I remember that very briefly back in uh, Pakistan when I was very young. But it's not a thing in Pakistan. In major cities, you go to the supermarket and get milk. It's just like here. It was, it was just in our family because my uncle had his farmhouse and there was more milk than he knew what to do with. He would just kind of distributed amongst the family. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like the Joe Rogan of uh, your family. You know Joe Rogan gives elk to like all his friends? Yeah, he gives, what did he give out? Eggs, right? <laughs> no, well, not anymore, but um, elk. You know how he always hunts oh, yeah, for elk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I think, yeah, he used to have chickens or something, but then they all got eaten by like a, what do they call mountain lion? Oh, yeah. No, not a mountain lion. By, uh, by cougars, I think. No, no, wait, what? Was it by I don't know coyotes something something ate his chickens I remember something was... fucked up his chickens yeah it's actually you can legally have chickens in Toronto now like you can have a chicken coop it's actually not a bad idea man I did have you ever have you ever been around a chicken coop no so I remember so this uncle I'm talking about he was in the he was in the for armed forces and one of the things when you're in the armed forces is you're you're moved around from city to city and there was at one point he was in Okara. Okara is like this city um, close to Lahore. It's okay. I went there when I was really young, man, and I have some really fond memories of that place. 
Uh, when I say green, you don't know what, like green, like it's no tomorrow. I think it might have just been the season I was there. Everything was green. It was just beautiful. Life was just, I was really young. And I remember um, on on the house that he was living at, uh, the property that he was living on there, they had chickens. They had chickens and rooster. And a rooster would go do the, do that cockle, do the do in the morning. And bro, roosters are aggressive. I like they're aggressive. And I remember being chased by one and my, my dad and my aunt were just kind of laughing, watching me. And in my mind, I was thinking, God damn it. Like someone help me. This rooster, it was just chasing me. And I think I was messing with the rooster. I can't remember. There are actually photo evidences of that. Like it was funny enough that people decided they're going to take pictures of me being chased by that goddamn rooster. <laughs> but um, I remember, I remember that being, just that being so beautiful in the morning, we would wake up. They had like this small kind of garden with all these turnips and these weird carrots. Um, my dad would go in the morning to the garden, pick one up for himself. It was just so peaceful. We were there for quite a bit. And it was probably the only time I recall, I was really young. We traveled from Karachi to Lahore by train. And it's also the time, the only time I've actually been to Lahore as well. And so there was this one park that we went to. And I don't remember if it was in Nogara, it was in Lahore, it was somewhere around there. We went to this park. It was freaking green and beautiful. It was it was like a forest. And in the middle of the forest, there was this, um, there was uh, a plane wreckage. So there's this, just in the middle of nowhere, there's this plane. Um, they've left this plane and it's emptied out. You, you, kids can kind of go in and play. But what the plane is, is it's a, it's a plane that was shot down in the 65 war against India. It's an Indian plane that crashed there and they kind of just, uh, um, I guess it just kind of took everything out and it just became this like monument slash this weird little place kids can go and hop on. For kids? I don't know if it's for kids. It's like, it was fun. Like we got, we went in and there's, it's safe. It's not like there's shards of crap all around. Oh, it. okay. Okay. Got it's you. Kinda, I think we, they've actually repurposed it f- for that. It's like a, it serves, I guess, as a monument slash. Whoa. whoa I don't know what it, it's in the middle of nowhere. I remember it being in, in this forest, but I have pictures of that. You know what? I'm one of these days I'm going to pull out the old albums and I'm going to show you guys what I'm talking about. Okara was, I don't know if you've, so Shiroz, have you been to uh, Punjab in Pakistan? I've been to Lahore, but like it was like a while ago. I found it a lot like more, more clean and more more green than Karachi, at least. Yeah, city Lahore is considered it's considered the city of gardens. Yeah. It was. Um, the there are peacocks everywhere, right? There's there's peacocks in Karachi as well, but no, Lahore definitely has peacocks. I I don't remember that. Honestly, my picture, my imagery of Lahore is just being on the train, getting off the train. And at some point we were at the traffic lights and I swear I saw a donkey with, <laughs> like, you know, what do they call those, um, those iron rods? What are, the, what are they called? You know what I'm talking about? Those things that go inside cement to, to reinforce cement. Uh, uh, like long steel or iron. I don't know what they're made of. They, they go, go inside of the cement to kind of uh, make this uh, mesh. Um, they're like long rod. I forgot what they're called. But is it like a rebar? It's yeah. It's that's exactly what it is. Rebar. Okay. Um, and so there was a donkey with a, a cart and a, a shitload of that. And 
I'm pretty sure this is not my imagination. I'm gonna have to confirm with my parents, but Allahi, <laughs> bro, I remember, uh, I remember seeing the donkey just kind of fall, just straight up fall, like it broke its leg or something, oh. in the middle of the road, just because I think it was overburdened or something. That's what I remember of, about Lahore. No way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they don't have those anymore. Obviously, this is back in the '90s when I was very young, but um, definitely way more green than Karachi. Karachi's in the middle of the desert. And um, it's it's considered the city of the gardens because, and I believe I read this somewhere, when the British uh, conquered India, they they brought all sorts of different plants and animals to Lahore, and they planted uh, a lot of them there. No, oh, okay. okay. So that's I guess uh, it's, so. It's not it's not a lot of indigenous stuff. There probably is a lot of Punjab is in general is a very fertile land. It's. It's the the word Punjab comes from the word Punj, Punj. Uh, so like there's five uh, rivers. That's where the word uh. Punjab comes from. That they, it's there's a crossroad of five rivers, and it's always been very fertile land. Like far, like Punjabi culture is all farmer culture. You'll see that. That's why they have like uh, parathas and and uh, makki di roti. And, yeah. Dog and like very heavy rich. rich yeah exactly yeah they've got like they lassi and they have, they have different kind of lassi they have kacha lassi which is like way more watery and you've got like lassi that palawansi drink or like peredi lassi it, it, punjabi food is very very rich it's, that's why a lot of them are fat now <laughs> well they all moved to Brampton so <laughs> No, bro. Uh, there's, there's a lot of uh, Pakistani Punjabi as well. Yeah. You know what's yeah, my wife. Exactly, exactly. But you know what's really weird? There's, there's a pretty uh, large population of Sikh people in Peshawar. No, really? I don't know that. Yeah, I would never thought. Yeah. yeah, you'll see these uh, guys in turbans that speak Pashto. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, That's that pretty was... gangster. So when you, when was the last time you guys visited Pakistan? Um, for me, I last visited in 2010 for my aunt's wedding. So we went from oh, okay. oh, wow. Karachi, Karachi to Lahore and then back. But like, I, we weren't able to like fully explore the whole city because of just how busy everything was. Was it by yeah, yeah. Or, or, I mean by road? Uh, no, we, we took a plane. Okay, okay. By but road. a road trip sounds a lot more fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you've been, went back in 2010, then it's going to be a day and night difference for you. Oh, for it, sure, yeah. I believe in 2010, it was really dangerous in Karachi. Especially Karachi, yes. Yeah, it was overall Pakistan was very dangerous, but Karachi was. Karachi's where all the a scary place. <laughs> bro, Karachi's where all the gangsters are. It's all the bad stuff happens. It's where it's basically a melting pot because you have. It's very multicultural. You have all sorts of uh, races and, and different cultures, and it's just, it's a business hub of, hub of Pakistan. And there's the port by the sea. Yeah, so that's a what, lot of crime. You know, happens there too. Oh, tons mm. of crime, political crime because it's um, it's 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 a good breeding ground for a lot of political stuff. And then, what made things even worse is there is there. A large part of population in Karachi, specifically, are Mahajirs, and Mahajir are 
uh, just means basically means migrants or immigrants. I'm a Muhajir, right? So people. Oh, have, from the separation, right? From the yeah, split. After Got that, you. Yeah. So um, we're not really a race because there's many different. We're like from all over the place, but we're just migrants, right? And so um, sometime in the in the 80s, after the Afghan war had started, a lot of Afghanis started pouring into into Karachi. And um, I'm, pu- I'm pretty sure even prior to that, there was already some sort of kind of thing going on between the Patans and uh, the Mahajas, some sort of like, um, it, I, I can't remember, there's, there's, um, there's this uh, colony in, in this like area in Karachi and something happened where they they were bringing in arms, and uh, they were they were reported. The police went and raided them, and then the Mahajirs were blamed. And it basically, it was bad blood. And then when the Afghanis came, um, it just got really wild. So there are stories of a, a lot of Afghani refugees coming into Karachi. First of all, they're taking our jobs, kind of feel, but they started um, taking over land. So land that wasn't really nothing was on those lands but it was owned by people were just kind of taken over by it. it got so bad it got to a point where the police couldn't really do anything about it you get what i mean so there was already that animosity yeah them. and they in karachi the the buses are all run by the patans right that's their kind of thing and um so there was that kind of environment going on uh, in the 80s prior to that in the 70s what had happened was after the east india sorry east pakistan uh civil war and then Bangladesh separated their bhutto zulfakali bhutto the prime minister at the time nationalized a lot of uh private companies and so one of his initiatives because his his support was mainly from sindh in in efforts to get a lot of sindhis into uh, education and uh, positions of power they basically had in Karachi alone no other province they had this thing where it's called the quota system so a certain only a certain percent of the population in certain in the universities can be Mahajir the rest have to be from Sindh you know what I mean and from Punjab and so forth yeah so in, in the span of those 20 years the Mahajir started feeling more and more marginalized they're like okay well what the hell is going on? And then there, then all, then this fiasco of unions happened. So there was all, they start all of a sudden, these unions started popping up. So you had the Balochi union, you had the Punjab union, you had the uh, Sindhi union, the Saraiki union. And so all kind of ethnicities had these unions where Mahajir were kind of left in the blank. And so in the eighties, there was this movement um, by students called MQM. And I don't know if you've probably heard of the name MKM, right? Um, MKM is this political party, and they became the voice of the Mahajir group. And they had a lot of backing because basically they were, everyone was being tired of being pushed around. Generally, a lot of the Mahajirs were very well-educated when Pakistan separated, and a lot of them were, in, were bureaucrats. And so over the years, because they felt like they were being marginalized, a lot of those opportunities were just being taken away from them because of this quota system. And you can they couldn't really go to Punjab and study there. Like they had to make domiciles and stuff and fake domiciles to show that they're born in Punjab. So 
this MK movement started, which was a populist movement. A lot of Mahajas were supporting them and backing them up in Karachi. But, you know, you what's that Jay-Z line where you either die a hero or live long enough to become a villain? Yeah. That's pretty much what happened with MQM. MQM, uh, despite the popular kind of uh, um, backing, they had this um, mafia wing. And I think all, all political parties in, in Karachi specifically had these mafias, especially People's Party. Um, there's this area in Karachi that, that they kind of, uh, Leari. And yep. Leari is one of the most dangerous places I've seen in person. Like it's, they've cleaned it up quite a bit. Really? But freaking bro, I, I cannot explain to you how, like it may, it feels more, it feels very dangerous. It has this, this like vibe to it. I've been to South Chicago. I would say Leari is even more dangerous feeling. Um, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's cleaned up now. It's cleaned up quite a bit. So, MKM became. They had this. They had these well-educated people that that were from the movement, and then you had this mafia wing that started. Basically, this the political parties had these mafias fighting each other in these gang wars in Karachi, and the Mahajir people that were backing MKM up started becoming the victims of MPM. So I remember back in the 90s when I was young, there was this, this epidemic in Karachi where like you would get robbed. Like you're, someone would just break into your house and get robbed. It was very uh-huh. common too, to get robbed. Yeah, and it became qu- quite a crazy kind of place to be in. And so um, Karachi is where all the gangsters are from. Where, you know, where all the real gangster kind of vibe you'll find in Karachi. Yeah. But... That said, because you went in 2010, a lot of it is cleaned up. Karachi has gone, done this like 180, and the army's really cleaned up Karachi quite a bit. Is that where the defense housing is? De- oh, defense housing. There's defense housing in all all major cities. It's just okay. Land bought by the, purchased by the army, and then they you sell it off. They sell it off. Uh, but just the land or they sell off these villas and houses and apartments that they build. And those are super sought after, right? It's a lottery system to get that type of real estate. Uh, kind of. So it was mainly set up for um, Pakistani military personnel that retired, giving them a means of owning property by the time they retire, especially the officers. So mm. it was kind of like you were you you have your entire career in the military, but you know your portion of your income, um, monthly income or whatever the uh, cadence is, goes towards this kind of like a pension thing, but for your property. So by the end of it, you've purchased this property at a very subsidized uh, thing. But because it's managed by the military, and the military is the most competent civil. Uh, entity in Pakistan, it was very sought after because it was very safe, it was well planned, there was no water problems, there weren't security problems, and so um, it became very sought after, and then over the years, they started adding in allotment system for civilians, so you, as a civilian, could put in an application, but because there's so many people after it, it's just kind of like a luck of the draw. Once you get kind of filed, then you can purchase that land yeah, yeah. well 
uh, and I know that there's this guy I met when I was in Texas. There's a big Pakistani community there. And um, they were talking about this defense housing. And, you know, these guys are living in America, but they're applying for these lotteries. And as soon as they get them, they buy these things up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's how I, we got our kind of thing as well in Karachi. Um, they, there's a new city being built called DHA City Karachi. The defense housing authority city? Yeah, and it's an entire city. So most DHAs have been communities. So you'll like you know how we have um, the Applewood Heights. You know you have at this Applewood area that I live in. Yeah. Or you know you have the square one area. Like you have areas within within Mississauga. It's kind yeah. of DHA is just like a like an area within the city. But DHA city, they're making this huge actual city just away from Karachi. Uh, and it's it's been a slow kind of process, but yeah, that's that's essentially how you 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 pay money for a, an application because now they have they have one for civilians, but they have one for overseas Pakistanis specifically as well. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And is you know, it like self? Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Um, is it like self-sufficient and like they have their own like power, and electricity, and water and stuff? In DHS City, we'll have that. So the army's building it out. They have their own water sources that they're um, building out. They will have their own power sources. That's where the, the Shakat Khanum uh, Cancer Hospital is being built in Karachi. Um, a lot of medical schools and universities are being built there. So um, I think the plan is that eventually that will be the new sought after city. Because just to kind of explain, there was this Karachi since when I was very young, before I moved to Canada, Karachi back then, Karachi now has changed quite a bit. Like all cities, it's grown ridiculously. And so there was this area in Karachi called Kent. Mm -hmm. And Kent is just so what they used to call cantonment area, where for, for like basically barracks for where the uh, army personnel, British army personnel would live. That's where this con concept of Kent uh, comes from. And so in Karachi, northern Karachi, there was this area called Kent. So if you if you lived in Kent, you were technically in Karachi, but it was far away. But it's very nice and peaceful. And it was far away to a point where you wouldn't want to travel between Kentonment area and main Karachi during the night because the stretch between is it's too kind of quiet. There's nothing around there. And so people used to... Uh, look at Kent of this like this separate kind of city, but now when you go to Karachi, this is there's no separation between Karachi and Kent, the Kent area. The Kent area is it's like it's literally part of the city now. So I think they just made this entire city away from the main city, and it's going to be like Kent. It'll be um, very self sufficient. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting concept and, and um, housing societies are a kind of weird thing for North Americans to understand. But in, in, I think in that part of the world, housing societies are quite a real thing. So here's a question I've been having and I've been thinking about, you know, yeah. and, you know, when you don't have kids and you're just like, you know, you could be a vagabond, you could be a, you know, what's the other word for it? You could be like a gypsy. Technically, you and I, it's your old weekend pack up, go rent in Thailand and live there for a year, no problem. We could spend another year in Japan, spend another year in Russia, 
It won't really affect us. Uh, our jobs are generally, uh, you know, as long as you have a remote job, you can live like that. And I know there's, there's a group of people on YouTube, these influencers that call themselves digital nomads. And that's what they do. Um, you know, they're, they're, they do their development work, whatever work they have to do uh, overseas. And their cost of living is low and they're living, you know, quote unquote, the dream. So, you know, I kept thinking, man, like our parents at some point grew up with a certain language, with a certain upbringing, with a certain, in a certain city and picked up their crap and said, bye bye, mama, baba, and just left. And they dipped and they ended up, you know, in our case, in North America. And little did they know, or maybe they, I guess they assumed, okay, I'm going to have kids and they're going to be speaking, most likely they're going to be speaking English. They may know their native tongue, like, our, you know, our native tongue, which in your case is Urdu, in my case is Arabic. But there was reason to assume that at some point, you know, their, their mother tongue is, is going to end up being English, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, I know in your case, uh, Shara, I still think Urdu is your mother tongue, right? I would consider English my mother tongue, to be honest. Okay, so English. What do you dream in, I guess? English, right? Dreaming? That's actually a wonderful question, bro. I know you're supposed to have one or the other, but I think I switch between the two. Really? I switch between the two. And that also uh, uh, is also for what I'm thinking. So you'll think in Urdu sometimes? Yes, and sometimes I'll purely think in Urdu, and sometimes I'll purely think in english that's freaking wild yeah and um yeah, yeah that yeah. definitely happened. even dreaming so 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 basically my my the thing is our parents made this choice they kind of left their and now and some of you guys are lucky and they somehow brought their parents but a lot of times that's not the case and they probably probably saw their parents no exaggeration maybe a handful a dozen maybe if you're lucky a few dozen times before their parents died so like 30, 40, 50 year span, they saw their parents a handful of times. So I like, you know, they just left their families, their cousins, uncles, aunts, oh, wow. kind of started a new life. Oh, and I think in our generation, that's weird for us to picture. Like, could you picture any of you right now? You start a, you move for opportunity, which is like what our parents did. You move for opportunity, you end up, you know, in Netherlands. Okay. And because you think, you know what, I like the way society is set up here, you know, I like whatever, whatever the reason is. And can you picture your kids, they look at you and they speak to you in Dutch or whatever language, uh, you know, that they speak there. And for them, it's weird to hear or it's hard for them to even articulate in English or in Urdu. Wouldn't that freaking blow your mind? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. The, the, way like, uh, this, uh, the, the way you just put yeah. this, um, my mother was younger than me when she, when, when, when my family moved to Canada. Okay, so... The way you just put it, it's blowing my mind. My mom uh, lived her life with her mom less than less than me. She probably saw her mom less than I saw my mom. Because yeah, not wild. Here she she's gone back three four times that she didn't maybe five times and she's seen her mom. So when you put it like that, oh my gosh, bro. But is it that they are heartless or are we just too, like, are we too soft? Like, how were they able to make that move? It's not like, opportunity. like I haven't seen them crying about it. You know what I mean? You know, opportunity. First of all, I think our parents' generation is tougher than ours. So we're not going to mm. cry um, like we cry. We probably would cry for, like, you know, anything. Um, but... <laughs> yeah, I've, I've cried because someone used the wrong pronoun. <laughs> wow you're trying to get us canceled huh we can't make it anywhere hilarious no i think you probably a great marketing tactic say more more provocative things maybe we'll get viral on uh, 
Twitter. No, but it, honestly, it's just, what I'm because like I keep talking to Anna. I'm like, yo, do we? Why do we live in Ontario? Like, why do we live where we live? Okay, you know? this is. Okay, this you have your parents here. You have your friends here, but it's fucking cold half the time. You can't afford to live because. Like, sorry. Because you, yeah. Yeah, but that, that's I and mean, you and I have talked about this quite a bit, of, and I never had an answer until now, and I think the simple answer is that our lives are good. As much as we, you know, hate about, like it's cold and it's so expensive and all that crap like that. Maybe it'll change within our lifetime, and we're gonna have to move out of uh, either this city or this country. But in our parents' case, they were, they were in, they were in countries that were in on their downfall. So mm-hmm. imagine, um, you know. You know you don't, you don't have as many, as many opportunities as you would if you're living in North America or Europe or, you know? So it was really an opportunity thing. Imagine, like, it's not like they hated their countries. They loved their country, their culture, but probably thinking, I don't want my kids to have to struggle, give up the, you know, things. Like, our parents' generation thought about our uh, the kids and the, the parents. Our generation mm. in North America, I feel we're a lot more selfish because we don't really have to worry about too many things. So all we worry about are ourselves. Does that make sense? No. Okay. So, okay, but think, you're right. Things are good in the cold. But for example, it's right now we could go to even a place like Vancouver, where it's all the same living conditions. Is like it just a little bit warmer. But I guess we don't make those moves because it's just not worth it. I guess you know to yeah, walk away from. Like- like, you and I saw Vancouver, we loved it. Yeah, I would move there in a heartbeat. In fact, one of my friends, she is moving to Vancouver permanently um, this April. So, and she went there. Oh, wow. uh, she went there earlier, earlier, oh, la- late last year, and she decided she's gonna ma- finally make the move. I think it really is because our lives here, Alhamdulillah, are good. We have a lot of friends. We have. Our friends have become our family because we don't actually mm-hmm. have family, you know. Like, yeah, it's not like we, there's no cousins and uncles and aunts. Yeah, you know? yeah. We're, you know, generally speaking, in, around us, so we're just we just have so much, so many things keeping us, so many good things keeping us here that it doesn't really, generally, doesn't outweigh for us to move. I guess you know, the only thing that's going to change, and like, is is being able to own real estate, or even if the, even if either own real estate really inaccessible or it's just so expensive that it doesn't make sense financially to own a home Absolutely. like i i luckily i own my condo but if i was like right now i will never i'm not selling this condo to go buy a house for 1.1 a townhouse when i say house i'm talking about a townhouse yeah. for 1.1 million you know down the street type area like dad it would it would make no why would i put myself in this financial burden owing the bank like 800 grand to live in a town, like it just doesn't add up. You know what I mean? It doesn't at all. It honestly doesn't at all. And um, more and more I think about it, more and more you and I talk about it, I am abandoning the idea of owning property in this city. And financially it makes, at least for me, it's starting to make more sense to just rent and use the remaining proceeds toward, towards other investments. That other investment may be retail, but definitely not retail in this city or even this country for that matter. 
Yeah, like what about you, Shiroz? Have you ever looked at like an amortization schedule? Yeah, it's it's insane. I don't know <laughs> what the next generation is gonna do. It's but, I didn't until I did the math, I did not realize it. And Shiroz, I actually am interested in your opinion. Okay, for a long time, I kept treating my my mortgage as my savings account. What I mean by that is I was double, triple paying my mortgage. Like I was paying so much more principal, okay? The okay. reason why, I, my mentality here is I'm like, I'm getting fucked on interest. The, mm-hmm. the, so the early, early in your amortization, every additional payment you make has like uh, exponential impact on the interest paid at the end of the term. So what I mean, so a thousand dollar payment in like week three will reduce your mortgage by you know three months, for example, right? And like Sounds overall. weird. Yeah, like overall, like in a 30-year period, if you pay a one-time $1,000 payment early on, just a one-time extra thousand grand towards principal, your mortgage goes from 360 months to 357 months, you know, because of the way that compound interest mm-hmm. works and stuff. Now, I kept doing that and, the, and my mentality was like, okay, forget the interest. So interest was pissing me off, but aside from interest, I'm like, look, one day I'm going to have to sell this condo, one day, right? I, this is my savings. The, every penny I put into my principal now um, I'm able to, if, when I sell, I, I, it's my money anyway. It's like, it's kind of like a savings account. It's not like it's going anywhere. Right. Versus right now I'm paying, you know, 50% interest, 50% principal. So I'm, I'm trying to put the odds more in my favor. So I kept doing that, doing that, doing that. And I got my, uh, my, so my original term is 30 years, but I think I've cut it down by like several years now. Right. Right. Uh, just from those payments. And then, you know, I spoke to, uh, I, I told this to somebody I know who's very wealthy, okay, uh, successful. He's not in tune economically. He's not a guy who doesn't even know how securities work, nothing like that. He's just very wealthy through his own businesses. And he said, that is the dumbest thing you can do. If I were you, his, his mentality was, if I'm going to buy a property, I'm only putting the minimum percent down. So I'm putting 5% down and that's it. I don't really care. He's like, you know, uh, the bank's paying for the 95%. I have my 5%. When my property grows... I'm it's still growing right so that was his mentality he said turn off your double payments stop paying extra principal so and like I I didn't really understand exactly what the benefits of that are or why it's stupid to kind of pay down principal what are your thoughts on that um I don't know too much about about mortgages but I'll say this like instead of having your money I mean and, and your capital too in a way uh, locked up and paying your mortgage off earlier I'd rather like invest in something else because then you would you would get it like a higher return, return on your investment. Exactly. And what most people do um, when they're paying the mortgage is to just refinance it with a lower interest rate. So whatever difference they get, they can invest somewhere else. Because in the end, if you do sell your house, that principal you paid, you can use it against another property. Like there's really no point to paying off your mortgage earlier unless you're living there for the whole like 30 year term. Mm, okay. It's just a matter okay. of like looking at your costs benefit analysis i'd rather just take the difference away from the principal and invest in something else so i don't have my money locked in, in like just the mortgage itself i get it because you're saying that the the the, the like well, let's say you're paying an extra 800 dollars towards principal your belief is you could actually put the 800 dollars in another form of you know investment yeah like i, I could, I could get yield. like another i could get another house and pay a mortgage there instead of doubling down that way i can like mm. multiply my return instead of having it locked into one place you know See, that's the thing. Am I, I guess because I, I, all my math assumes a full 30-year term, which is probably illogical. That's just, unlikely. The amount of interest it. is... But here's the thing. In your first five years, 
you pay as much interest as you're going to pay in the last 15 years. Okay. Okay. So, so whatever I do in these first five years, that's how I've been looking at it. I'm going to pay as much interest right now in my first five years that I'm going to do in the last 15 years of this cycle of this, of this loan. Now, who owns a condo for 15 years? Probably nobody. So part of this again is like what you're saying, who gives a shit, right? But I yeah. guess I got to do the math and see is the interest that I'm going to be paying or accruing. Um, Cause every time I do these double payments, my interest goes down slightly, slightly every payment. Right. But um, I guess I just got to calculate, is it worth it? Now is, this your term, is your term fixed or variable? It's fixed, but it's like you refinance every three, four, five years. Yeah. I mean, like this is a bit of off topic, but it, like uh, these days, like the best time to, um, like even with the penalty, it's better to find like a oh, yeah. interest That's rate exactly right now. Right now, I want to break. I'm willing to take my penalty right now, so I could get in the one point whatever range that they have right now. It's ridiculously low. At least, low right at least now. that way, most of your payment will like slightly hedge against your interest. Oh, it'll be amazing. Exactly. So that, that is one of my plans. Now, this brings me to the second point. I've been reading this book called The Intelligent Investor. Have you heard of this book? No. Okay. Oh, really? Man, I really thought you'd be the one that. Well, uh, not intelligent, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's written by this guy who was born in the 1800s, and like, all, I don't know he passed all, away. Uh, just I, yeah. I gotta interrupt you there because this is a safe space. Um, <laughs> how dare you go um, assume the gender of the author? Did he? Did that person say to you what they identify as? I think he's a he/his. Uh, that's the <laughs> pronouns. <laughs> on his twitter but you know so this gentleman uh or whatever he wrote this book now he is like warren buffett's guy like he was warren buffett's um idol in the sense like that this was the book that warren buffett claims you know taught him everything he needs to know i was so interested i'm like let me read this, this is such an old guy they call him the prophet because what he said has you know ended up happening in the you know the 90s and whatever other periods but the the basic premise uh one of his basic things like for the for the intelligent investor who's you know a regular kind of retail guy i recommend 25 percent in bonds and 75 percent in 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 securities common stock um and then he gives other examples of when you could change that ratio depending on your you know aptitude in the fields and stuff like that because for the regular guy who's like you know common risk appetite a 25 percent bond 75 percent common stock is a way to uh protect yourself you know through fluctuations in the market is that something you follow no, dude, that's so boring. Ugh, I want my fifty percent return the next day, bro. We're going to the moon. <laughs> so you're more of a speculative uh, uh, trader. Hell yeah, dude. Times have changed. <laughs> so do you have any bonds? No bonds just disgust me. They're just so boring. I mean, these days. Really? These days, the whole reason why the market is like correcting is because of this high, this increase in bond purchases and. And the reason that's happening is people are now realizing that with these increasing yields, they can like buy less stocks and put more into bonds. So it's a bit of like, well, it's pretty wild. You can get like 7.5% yield for the next exactly. 10 years, which is kind of, you know, it's like a dividend stock. For sure. Um, it's another form of investing, obviously. Yeah, but yeah, but to me, at least, I don't know. I, I would stay away from bonds just because of how boring it seems like. <laughs> so yeah okay i got you well that that was my uh investment talk this is just something i've been reading and like, i didn't even understand bonds until 
I finally looked into this book and explained the different kinds of bonds and the benefits. It is a boring book. The guy is a boring guy. That's like, he, he's against speculation pretty much, you know? Yeah. yeah he's like, it's so, so different these days. I can imagine, right? The guys from the you know 1800s. Now, then, G, are you? Do you know how to look at a share price and know its intrinsic value, like whether it's overpriced or not? Or is that a simple formula or not? Uh, it's pretty complicated these days, at least, because now I'll say this: like fundamentals, meaning like the company's like revenue and profit and their expenses, their balance sheet. Yeah, it does not matter as much as it used to. It but like, if you were to just okay. use that, is it a simple formula? Um, yeah, there yeah. are some formulas, yeah, to like calculate the true value or the fair price of, of like a stock. Like when but, somebody says Tesla's trading forty times its revenue, what, what how, like what does that mean? So like they're take, they're just how are they even calculating that? Oh yeah, it's a bunch of formulas. I don't know. It's, oh, it's, it's not even it's, one it's thing. It's their P and E, bro. They're the ratio. That's it. That's all you look at. Well, that, that's generally what they're looking at. I mean, yeah, the PE ratio exactly. Yeah, so that, that's that's essentially what they're looking at, generally speaking. But this idea of of how fundamentals have gone out is mm-hmm. it's it may be the case for the stock market, but it's been the case for years and years and years, man. Like, why? How, how did how did Google price? Uh, yeah, uh, YouTube for a billion dollars back when a billion dollars were un- was unheard of when YouTube was bought people couldn't believe that Google's retarded for buying a company for a billion dollars so what is that out of the mind it's it's a lot a lot of purchases have been speculative like why even before this whole Tesla thing why are why were people buying Uber stocks or before that why were people buying Snapchat what the hell is Snapchat producing but then that's my question. How do you know? How does any regular person know what if what they're buying? Okay, everyone buys something hoping it's gonna go up. But if you're not able to know, like, like when you're making a purchasing decision, wouldn't you want to know, like, okay, I'm buying this because of this? There's some like there's something behind it. If it's just missing the air, then you're just praying that that missing the air is just even more positive and optimistic in the future. I mean, that's what people go for blue chips, like blue chips. They are known to be stable companies with solid revenue and solid profits. So like you can just like blindly buy yeah. a blue chip and hope for the best. But this fundamental thing, like uh, don't don't bother going too deep into it because um, everything is just so speculative these days. Yeah, just the way it is. Yeah. No, and not just the way it is. You have a new generation of investors. They have an easier access. So before our generation how did you get into stocks you had to go through your bank financial institution correct yeah so it was always people that were running things through a certain funnel and now you have people that have easier access they can do what they want and how they want it without the financial advisor swaying their their thoughts or or how they should manage their money so that's one factor the other is fundamentals were important for when the market was decided by people that banked on fundamentals but with Mm. this new rise in retail investors having a lot more say and a lot more influence over the market here you have this this new wave of even even people that you know study and work with the stock market 
even they don't really have a, a good idea of what's what's next to come because retail investors they're not looking at these boring ass numbers that most of us don't even know what it means they're looking at oh airbnb yo i use that quite a bit i don't see airbnb tanking anytime soon i don't yeah. see uber. no do you think people most people even know uber runs at a high loss no they don't even, no. they don't even know who the investors of uber are i'm sure so is there a cap is there a cap on it like is there a cap on 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 a common stock's price like meaning apple is at this value but based on their market cap they should they have a you know a max value of this in their yeah, future. that's what a price target generally is yeah so oh. it, it could obviously you know exceed that price or it could be below it but yeah all of tech is, is above its price target yeah, yeah all of tech even after this correction is still above what what most fundamental people would consider a normal price bro the, the entire tech space is such a weird thing i think if yeah. people really understood what was going on um it's absurd you have so is it like the 90s are we experiencing what they experienced in the 1990 dot-com bubble they called it see people keep making that comparison but oh. a lot has changed since then it's a lot more um like yeah, even for tech, it's still a lot more financially, you know, sound compared to what the dot com bubble was. Yeah, okay. yeah. Tech, tech is way more integral, uh, integrated into our lives. We're way more dependent on it, and despite what the finances will would say, it is here to stay. Right? It's it's even back in the nineties, it wasn't necessarily a thing. That is going to be here to stay. You had this transition period into um, this uh, this new kind of internet came out. Everything, everything on the internet, everything on the internet, but everything on the internet was still limited to technology. Now technology is almost boundless. Yeah, exactly. That's why they have such high expectations for tech. And it's kind of like the the weed bubble we saw in like 2017. It was too early. People bought in thinking it would like skyrocket and it did kind of, but then it crashed because there wasn't like a solid base for, you know, well, like people were buying at, isn't it kind of like pre-construction real estate? Like you're buying at what they think the price is going to be in the future. Yeah, future, future valuation. Yeah. Yeah. So the, it crashes meaning what? Like they just never hit their target. Like what, you know, they just never released good revenue numbers and people gave up. I guess. Yeah. P- people saw like, Oh, what are we even trading? It's just weed. Yeah, it's, 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 it's different reasons. There's just different reasons for for selling at a loss, right? It's either to cut your losses, or you're gonna write it out, and then at some point you're like, okay, there's a great opportunity here. I'm gonna liquidate my at the loss, but I'm very confident I'll make up for that at at this other investment opportunity. Really, it's it's just it's just that kind of uh, situation where it it depends on the person you may be in need of liquidity you may be in need of liquidity for other investments you you're you're comfortable just leaving that as where it is and you go away or just you're like i i'm i'm happy with my liquidation and i can leave that as as long as it needs to be left alone you know here's a question are retail investors mostly male dominated (laughs) i don't know probably because I, I wonder if it's going to be like the gaming sector. You know, I don't know if you guys know the gaming sector has a huge jump in female. What did you say? You know? Game, 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 stocks. Well, bro, I don't need to hear more. GameStop, that's all. To the moon. 
There's no other, <laughs> bro. There's no other game stock out there. Don't even, don't even try talking about other stock. If you're not, if you're listening to this, GameStop is gonna be your one ticket to to financial freedom. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, guys! No, that, that's pretty much it. I just was wanted to hear the the take on that. I just thought that if female, if more female retail investors go in the market, then they represent like half the population, and then you know you have a huge jump in in female retail trading. Then you're gonna see even more of this opportunity to have all these uh large gate like this this volatility i guess you can call healthy volatility for retail traders or day traders to just have all these spikes and drops and spikes and drops to profit off of you know i mean yeah i've seen a bunch of traders on like youtube and even twitch like day trading and i've also noticed like a significant increase in like female you know traders so i don't know i guess it's okay but to uh, related to this uh, i don't know if you guys know but there's something called um becky stocks Right. So that key stocks. Okay. Imagine like the, the typical like suburban, um, <laughs> like I guess even white white female. Okay. okay. What do, what do you think they get? They get Starbucks, right? They shop Home from Depot, Starbucks. They shop from um, Ulta or like uh, Lululemon. Maybe they go to uh, some other their like female oriented store. If you look at their their stocks, they're also very strong. Like look at Lululemon. Yeah. It's been, it's been trading. Uh, like pretty high these days. Okay, so that's that. Okay, B- before you get any further, how are retail um, stores surviving? Especially Lululemon. W- what the? What's going online. on online? It has to be online. online like Canada yes. Goose actually. Uh, Canada Goose had a big explosion this year, and it's all because of like online, like online sales have. Uh, that, that is exactly what scares me. Especially in if that's the case in Canada, then we are up for a disaster because. You know, two and two can never equal three. What's happening is I'm hearing all these reports of huge unemployment rates affecting the lowest 15% of the population, blah, 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 blah. And then at the same time, we're saying these luxury brands are doing way better than cost-effective brands like Gap. What the frick, man? How 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 is anyone buying Canada Goose? Like, how is it that so many people are buying Canada Goose this year? I think probably what happened is a because of the lockdown, uh, personal spending has gone down. People are spending probably less money now than they were before. They look in their banks, they realize they had more than they seen in a while, and then they you know they treat themselves. They've been at home all day. They have no. They can't even go out to restaurants to reward themselves. Uh, they're not going to bars and spending $200 a week and you give them four weeks. Now they just saved, you know, 800 bucks and they go on Canada Goose website and, and uh, make a purchase. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I guess most people are not financially sound when it comes to spending, but uh, you were saying, Cheryl, so, so tell me about Becky. Yeah. Becky, yeah, this- yeah. So like, I would say don't bet against Becky ever. There don't will bet against be a, Becky. a strong, <laughs> buying power on these companies you know girls will always love to go to starbucks or guys you know i'm not discriminating oh no no go, go ahead be provocative all you want we will that kind of <laughs> uh, like these companies will not die no matter what like they are very they have a very strong and loyal customer base and oh yeah good, starbucks, good for like I a mean, long-term portfolio okay but the starbucks, starbucks drive-through has been amazing man this this project of them adding drive-throughs 
I don't know if you guys had you have you ever used the Starbucks drive-through? Yeah, 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 I went with Usher a couple days ago. It's pretty. It's convenient. The only problem with Starbucks they're not open late, but the Starbucks drive-throughs are because when you're at Starbucks and you order a coffee, you have to kind of make it yourself. You know, yeah, so you're yeah. getting that free labor because they're gonna do it for you now. Um, and this is if you're getting a coffee, not one of the pre-made drinks, but they'll make it for you. Uh, they're really nice on the on the thing, and again, you're finally getting that drive-through experience. And I don't know if you notice, like they're still kind of rare. Like you don't. Not every Starbucks has a drive-through. So when you see one with a drive-through, like oh damn, this one has a you know has that novelty effect. So I don't know if you know they're closing a bunch of Starbucks stores. I don't know if you guys know that, um, but I think like they're, I think they are going to be uh, expanding specifically with this drive-through model. And I I actually think that the if they do combine that with opening up late, that's it, bro. Companies like Tim Hortons. I, well, I guess Tim Hortons is a different demographic, but they will. Um, I mean, they'll earn my business, man. If they were open late and had drive-through. It's game over, especially in a place like Canada where you want to leave your car. Yeah, to exactly. Go pick up a coffee in the freaking cold. Yeah, yeah. Starbucks is. Uh, I, I'm surprised Starbucks does as well as it does because Starbucks is. Me too. It's expensive and it. Uh, I I don't know why people spend so much at Starbucks, but I end up spending it. Same here. Yeah, I still go there no matter what. Yeah. I've I've always talked shit about Starbucks, but I end up going there anyway. Yeah, it, it become. It became more like over the last five years is when Starbucks for me became more of a habitual thing than ever before. It was before going, I guess maybe I was a poor student, but going to Starbucks was, I, I just <laughs> didn't understand. I, first of all, I still don't understand. I hated when, when students were going to Starbucks and then they were also complaining about how poor they were. Are <laughs> you asshole? I'm thinking twice before buying a freaking combo at Tim Hortons. And you are spending $7 for a goddamn latte and then crying to me about not having enough money while you're on your iPhone 6 or whatever whatever was out there. Freaking you know why? It. Because it's a, it's an accessible luxury. It's a brand that's associated to be like a high quality, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's a brand that... Fine, okay, fine, look, fine, you, fine. You're but, a normal person. You can't wear what Kim Kardashian's wearing. You can't... Um, you can't live in the homes that she's living in. You can't drive the cars she's driving in. But you know what you can do? You drink the same coffee she's drinking. Or have the same phone. It's like, or exactly. Oh, yeah, the phone. I think you can get the, the, what are they? They're probably iPhone people. Yeah, they're all iPhone people. But he, here's the thing, man. It could just be because I grew up, I guess we all grew up, but, you know, when you're an immigrant child, you're like this. It, it took quite a while. I think it wasn't until I started earning a good living when I stopped looking at the price. I now, like I can say that mm. when I'm eating out and stuff, I genuinely do not look at the price. But for the long yeah. to me, spending $7 on a stupid cup of Frappuccino was, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, people are retarded. Uh, you know, like you, I would take a girl out to Starbucks if for a date. That, that was, yeah, that was Starbucks for me. Starbucks is the apple of coffee chains. Oh, you know, yeah. they have a super loyal ass following. It's expensive as hell for, you know, we don't really know why, but it, it just has such strong branding. And whereas all of these uh, independent, you know, coffee chains that are also high quality, they're like the end. There's too many models, you know, and none of them have uh, dominated. Yeah. So, so uh, back to the Becky thing. So I have a, like a, an in, incompleted list of Becky stocks. I'm going to start naming stocks and you guys tell me. 
you're like, yeah, that makes sense. You're like, whoa, what the hell? Okay. And it's, it's divided into sectors. So starting from the tech sector, Apple. Yeah, I could see that being a back to start. Yeah, okay. definitely. Pinterest. For sure. Okay, just just uh, public. Yeah, yeah, it's public. Just just let's let's Pinterest for a second because Pinterest has always intrigued me. I don't know a single person that still uses Pinterest. Me neither. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, it does so well. How? What, wait, what? What? Can you tell me, tell me, what is Pinterest business model? I don't even know how Pinterest works. And then I've been to that website a hundred times when I'm looking for something and a picture pops up. And to this day, I still don't know how Pinterest works. Explain how. Me neither. What the fuck? Let me see this. How does Pinterest make money? (laughs) (laughs) They sell sell, like ads. So they have like a revenue source for like promoting pins. Seems like. But what if. Holy shit. Their year over year revenue in 2020. So during the pandemic, yeah. their year over year revenue went up 76%. They made $705 million. Doing just what? And guess online. what? They're, they're not even at a loss. They don't even run at a loss. They actually have a net profit margin of 30%. It's crazy. They made a net income of $207 million. Okay, I'm going to the Pinterest website right now. Okay, on Google it says discover recipes, home ideas, style, inspiration, and other ideas to try. Still very ambiguous. I don't know what the frick this is all about. I mean, look, look at the UI on the side. It's so basic. Yeah, that's something so shit. What the? But what is it? How 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 is it still around when you have you have TikTok and you have Instagram? What is that? Has anyone ever sent you a Pinterest URL, or has anyone been like, "Yo, look at this on Pinterest"? I've never had one no. somebody tell me. Only that. once was at this is Enron. This lady who used to do um, how do you call it? It's bro. It's just you know you do stuff that you sell on Etsy. What is that called? Home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever that is, exactly. Okay, Etsy, Etsy makes sense. Who the hell's on Pinterest, bro? It's all a lie. I'm actually shocked. I guess we're not. Dollars. I guess we're not the addressable market for this. But who is? Oh, well, like usually, even if I'm out the market, like I'm not in the market for Lululemon, but I know they do. I st- I don't know what Pinterest is for. Yeah, let's see. It was. It's just. It's just a really hard to use Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of like Instagram and like Flipboard, where you subscribe to like things you like, and it just suggests like relevant pictures and stuff oh, they can cute. comment on. Oh, I'm using it right now. I see what they do. So you can take a picture, and they have this one function. And when you click on it, it breaks down the elements of the picture, and then it shows you where to buy those elements. Yeah. Okay. Whatever, bro. It's it's it's. I, I don't. It's a scam. It it's Enron, bro. It's Enron. It's a scam. <laughs> I don't believe this. Okay. So what's the next Betsy stock or Becky stock? Sorry. Yeah, Becky. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, tech, Uber. So those are three that are again. This is an this is an incomplete list, but I think all three make sense. Um, for communication services, you have Twitter. For sure. Yeah. Uh, Facebook. Okay, that that's makes sense. Somewhat of, of surprise, but makes sense. Because I don't think a lot of young people use Facebook anymore. Yeah, Facebook's but dying. They still okay. have revenue from Instagram. So. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. true, 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 yeah. true. They have, and WhatsApp. You know what's funny? One of the last time you updated the status. <laughs> on WhatsApp? On, on, no, on Facebook. On like, Facebook, yeah. Nothing. Uh, nobody does that anymore, bro. Bro, like, they still, yet they still have the function. So there are enough users that are doing it, but. When was the last time you think you did it? Because I think I was in high school. 
Bro, for sure. Yeah, had to be high school. No, no, no. I did it in university, but it was one of those things where you don't, I didn't do it. You leave your laptop lying around and you're like, oh, you know, they'll write something stupid like, <laughs> I'm, I'm coming out of the closet or, you know, did you guys have that, that your friends doing messing with your laptop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's probably when the last time I updated my status. Um, and then the <laughs> third one is Netflix. Oh, of course, Netflix and chill, bro. Come on. Yeah. Okay, so then comes, I don't know what consumer defensive is, but Target Corporation or Target? Yeah, I guess This is so. definitely a suburban mom, yeah, yeah. And what's Coty? Is that how you pronounce it? Coty? What's spell it? C-O-T-Y. I have to Google it, hold on. Wait, how do you... Oh, it's a beauty brand. I don't know. I haven't seen it here. I guess it's purely American. Do, do they own Sephora? They could, maybe. I don't know. I don't know, but I've never heard of them. So well, how do you maybe pronounce it? Because Kati. So how do we know we don't wear makeup, or at least not publicly? But they they um. So oh, they, they, they own a bunch of stuff. They own Balenciaga. Okay, wow. Then, Holy then, crap! They own Calvin Klein. They own Calvin no, sorry. Klein. They own Hugo. Oh, yes. They own Hugo Boss. Burberry they, Beauty. Oh wow. Oh damn. Okay, I see. That makes sense. They own the cost fragrances. Did you know this? They own James Bond. I don't know what that means. They own James Bond. Oh, even Kylie Cosmetics, like a 51% stake. That's huge. Jesus Christ. Wait, they own James Bond, the the the, like the, the books or like the entire thing? What? I don't know. No, I'm sure that's like somebody else, but it just says James Bond. I yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. Bro, it says philosophy. They own Mark Jacobs <laughs> and OP. They own OPI. That's like well, philosophy is a brand. Philosophy is a brand. Oh, skincare. I see. Yeah, yeah, they don't own philosophy though. <laughs> oh, they, they also they also own CoverGirl. That's the one I know. It says CoverGirl, including nice and easy hair coloring products. Dude, why have we not invested in these people? Yeah, this they is definitely Becky. This is, like, billion. this is super Becky. Yeah, I, I'm I'm trusting Becky stock so far. These are all like good good options. Okay, let's move forward. Um, okay, consumer, um, Starbucks Corporation makes sense. Lululemon, Athletica. hell yeah! Did you know it was called yeah. Lululemon Athletica? What? No, I had no idea. Why is it even called that? Do they have uh, what is Athletica? What I think it means, like athletics. Yeah, it's more for like I guess so, yeah. sporty, you know. Oh, well, Athletica is their own company as well. You know, Cody's been on the downward spiral since 2013. Cody, really? Yeah, their share price has been the garbage. Okay, let's look at it. Right like now. relative to their history. That's weird. Cody. All right, what, what else is on there? Um, um, Etsy. That one makes so much sense to me. For so sure. Wait, have you guys ever bought anything on Etsy? I heard it's no. really expensive. Never. Yeah, I've never. We're not the addressable market. For we're you. definitely not. And I'm all the girls I worked with at CBC, a lot of them talked about um buying or even selling on etsy it'd be like oh you so i have a question is, is etsy like a competitor to shopify yeah for sure or like ebay or like you know those even amazon of, amazon anyway it's, really. it's, it's more um, it's artisanal product it's, yeah more right? niche it's more it has a bit more niche compared to amazon okay got you but yeah, because but, because of e-commerce automatically over the pandemic, yeah, exactly. it's been like skyrocketing. Like, you know, if, if uh, okay, I'll give you an example. I, even though I don't have a wife, Rami, you should be the one that knows this, but like, let's say you're, you know, when, if a girl's going to a baby shower 
or to like a bridal shower, they're probably going to buy something off of Etsy and not off of Amazon. But have you seen how expensive things are on Etsy? It's ex- expensive, but it's also like very unique. It's not going to be like, you know, like if you buy something on Amazon, chances are the person that you're giving it to has seen that products at some point. Whereas Etsy is like so unique and creative, you know, they're gonna be like, oh my gosh, this is so cute. Where did you, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but like, bro, like I'm looking, if, if you just go on their regular website type, just look at it. Like I'm looking at things like, okay, this is a soap dispenser, $104. Yeah. Oh, bro, I'm looking at, I don't even know what this is. What is, let's see, um, six set of modern cabinet, black cabinet pole. It's just a freaking handle. It's freaking 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see it. Yeah. Bro, it's just a handle. Well, oh. we definitely don't know where the money is see, at. Huh? Now it makes sense why they have such high revenues. Oh my gosh. Okay. I I don't know. Maybe it's normal, but a linen duvet set. Guess how much I'm seeing this for. Like, if this is normal pricing, then I need to. I don't even know. We I don't think any of us are. Uh... Okay would know what a linen duvet or duvet okay. you know okay. goes for so let's uh how about you both of you guess what do you guys think it's a, uh, it's an entire set. so let me see includes duvet cover and two pillow casing cases it's 57 dollars. i don't know like north of like 80 90 ish <laughs> it's 330 dollars <laughs> <laughs> oh dude this is this is crazy i gotta ask my mom i'm gonna have to ask my mom um, all we have to do is build the craft and then sell it on Etsy. Bro, okay, I'm going to go to the guy's thing. They have for him. Let's see if this is normal. Bro, they have a chopstick for $20. <laughs> Literally a chopstick, bro. We should, yo, know, screw everything else. I'm, I think I'm just going to start a business on Etsy. Damn, I, I'm actually, this is shocking. So Etsy, they're a strong company then, huh? Yeah. Very yeah. strong, yeah. Oh my! Because uh, I don't think they have. Yeah, they have no real like retail store. Everything's been online. Okay, okay. Etsy was it would have been a great. So in in university, I had this entrepreneurship class, and one of the final projects was we had to come up with a product, go through that whole ideation, blah blah blah, and then actually find a supplier to produce it, and then we had to sell it. And the the team that sold the most won, and um, our team came up with a minimalist wallet made out of wood oh. handmade made out of wood i think atik is the only one that still has it atik bought it i think i i might have lost mine but it was, you saw it etsy no we, we, we sold it on shopify because it was a, it was a, like the competition was part of it was you dude have. etsy is killing it oh my god yo yeah. it's september 2020 they made 451 million then a few months later in December, they made six hundred seventeen million. Oh man, that is how long have Etsy been around? I hope uh, it's, founded it's... in twenty seventeen. Oh, that's the CEO. Founded in two thousand five. Okay, okay, it's not that old. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so when they first went public, it was twenty seven dollars. Right oh, now, two hundred and twenty. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, let's next one on the list is Farfetch Limited. Anyone know what that is? Farfetch. Okay, obviously not. But what the hell is nope. that? Farfetch Limited is a British online luxury fashion retail platform. How many platform, e- right? Okay. Hey, British Portuguese. British Portuguese. Huh. How can this uh how can, uh, there's so many e-commerce websites? How 
<laughs> you know, how are they competing? This is ridiculous, man. I, I don't I don't think any of this actually is this is literally the modern version of opening a, a, a salon shop or nail salon shop and using it to launder money. Oh no, I think Farfetch is a BS company. So they didn't make $540 million in December. Uh, so half a billion, but their net income was negative 2.2 billion. Wait, so they're burning 2. money? 2.2 billion? Yeah. What? So they burned 2.2 billion oh, in yo, December. This, this is a laundering front. Oh, <laughs> is, look at their website. Please go to their website. Look how disgusting it is. Okay, far-fetched. Let's see. It's like, far-fetched. This, this is not far-fetched. a 2.2 Two billion dollar loss website. This doesn't look like a regular old like comp- uh, website. <laughs> this, this is a this is a this is the the free template that you get at Shopify. <laughs> Shopify, yeah. Right? I'm not gonna lie. We should actually be proud as Canadians that Shopify is Canadian. Who would have thought that Shopify would end up being like the leader? Oh, um, and, and I don't know how uh, WordPress or like didn't you know uh, come up with something. Canadians have two things to be proud of: Shopify and Pornhub. <laughs> no, say Pornhub's Canadian. Yeah, Montreal, I believe. Yeah, bro. No freaking way. You spend you 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 spend hours on the website. You, you don't know who, who makes it, bro. Do a bit of research before you consume <laughs> this content. That's actually like I'm not gonna lie, that's crazy. Uh, it's just Canadian companies generally fail. Like Second Cup was our version of Starbucks. Don't you remember Z said um, what was Sam? That was his name. Yeah, Sam. Remember, he got a job offer from Pornhub, and he it was like a really good offer, but he refused. He's like, it goes against my morals. I don't even remember that. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I think I have early Alzheimer's, so. I'm getting, my, yo, my memory is getting so bad, it's scary. It is actually getting, it's terrifying. I'm going to, I might have to go see a doctor. I don't know if this is normal at this age, but if, if this is the rate at which my mind is deteriorating, then I probably will be senile by the age of 40. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not going to lie. I actually feel the same way. Shros, you don't experience that. Do you ever feel like, like if I asked you, tell me, what did you do three days ago? How fast would you recall? Okay, what's three days ago? Is it Thursday, Friday? Dude, I stayed at home. What else am I supposed Thursday. to do? Oh, yeah. Was, okay, so what did you eat for dinner three days ago? I don't remember. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't remember See, at I all. Dude, Bro, sometimes is that I, normal that we don't remember? I forget mid-conversation. Oh, I'm, I'm, it's not an exaggeration. You guys know. See, if, if we were forced and, and like if we had a prophet come down and we had to memorize his uh, revelation, bro, the religion would just not exist. We would just not remember. We'd just be like, <laughs> oh, so I, dumb. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Man, I, I, I think I, I may have a problem. And I think it's it's gotten worse since I got COVID. So, Maybe, really? Yeah. So you think it might be an extra effect? Bro, after COVID, I became an. I'm just gonna use the term. I became retarded. Like I don't mean that in a in a mean way. I mean, you mean like slowed down. I genuinely got retarded. Like slower. It, my <laughs> cognitive ability was af- affected. I don't know if it's gone normal or if it's just I'm used to it. I lost my hair loss became, was crazy. My mom, my brother, myself, my sister, hair loss. I mean, every time I just I just do this and just be like so, so much hair. All is done now. I do this now. No hair. But just three weeks ago, up up just up until three weeks ago, I would do this and there'd be so much hair. I really I thought I was slowly losing it. And um I might have to do uh you know what? Just for the kicks of it, I'm gonna go to the doctors and I'm gonna talk about my experience uh on the podcast because 
I may actually be a, a, a subject of early Alzheimer's. No, I, I actually think that too about myself. I'm not joking, man. Like I, the amount I forget my key, I threw my key. I, so yeah, <laughs> I threw my car keys in the freaking uh, the shoot the garbage shoot in my oh car. shoot yeah. And I, I I basically like I was trying to take out the garbage, trying to be all pro, you know proactive, and the key was on my thumb. And like you know, you just you have to release the bag. So while I released the bag, I guess my keys went with it, and I like. <clears throat> I heard a jingle, but I I heard it subconsciously, but I just ignored it. Like I heard a jingle that might have sounded like keys were falling, but I just pretended that that's my imagination. Then I go to the the I'm at P5, which is freaking down there, and I'm like, oh, where's my car keys? Where's my car keys? Like I need to get into the car. And that at that moment, when I put my hand into my empty pocket where the keys should have been, Boom. this re- this recollection like Jimmy Neutron recollection, and all of a sudden <laughs> I just heard the keys in slow motion hitting the garbage chute falling down slowly I was like oh my gosh I go to the ground floor to the security I'm like yo I draw my keys in the garbage man like can you just like you know is there any way to salvage it somehow and he's like let me show you something so he takes me to the back where uh the garbage is yeah, I guess all the garbage goes from the chute and it's just this instant compactor so as soon as the garbage goes in it gets absolutely crumpled like crazy and then oh it's over like, yeah so he's like your your keys are freaking done and the only thing that came out of that, I was like, wait a second. So when I throw garbage in the garbage chute, there's three buttons. You have garbage, you have uh, compost, and you have recycling, okay? You click on the button, you open the chute, and you throw whatever. But how come when I asked him to show me the garbage, I didn't see three different freaking compactors. So I feel like you press that button, doesn't do shit. It's just a graphic, and then you just throw the thing down and goes to the same pile. Yeah, it might just be bullshit. Or maybe you said garbage, and he just took you to the garbage room. I don't know. Our condo is not that big. So, just to put into perspective how terrible Rami is with his keys, I was that same day I was waiting for Rami downstairs to come. And I've been waiting for quite a while. And I get a message from him Dude, I'm so sorry. I threw my key in the garbage chute. <laughs> I'll be down in a minute. And my reaction says it all. My reaction was, oh, yeah, that, yeah, that, that's wrong. Yeah, this guy did not give a crap. Like, okay, cool, shit happened. Yeah. I was like, okay, that ha- that, this, you know how some people are just unfortunate when it comes to things that just happened to them? It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like not, a, it's not their fault at all, but I think the world kind of, you know, the universe lets it happen to them because of their reaction. Because their reaction on its own makes the entire situation so much more funnier. That is Rami. <laughs> <laughs> Rami the, the worst things can happen to Rami, but he can he can be telling you about it, and you're gonna have the urge to laugh because it's Rami. He just has this like funny way of like describing the situation. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous, man. I don't know how my life turns out these ways. <laughs> it's hilarious it's hilarious and that's how pretty much how i i was introduced to rami i knew of rami as rami and stafa and this just like funny guy that i think we always told me bro you meet rami you're gonna be laughing all the time in my mind i had an image of rami and it did not it did not fail me at all though he turned out to be a, a little more pessimistic than i thought he would be <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh my before we God. talk about COVID, let me just go finish the, the, the list. Uh, I think we're pretty much through. So we went through Farfetch, uh, Peloton Interactive. So that one makes sense again, I think. Yep. Ooh, Peloton. Yeah, Home but, workout. It's, it's been huge. 
it's such a weird company though like it seems so what is their moat you know like so easily replicable you know their entire system is 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 just too big man they they have this uh like you 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 can do classes together and you can like bike anywhere in the world so i guess their system is is what's and there's also like a social media aspect to it you can add friends you can compete with them Exactly. So like, like I can I can go on the Peloton and like race with you even though I'm at home. It's kind of cool. Yeah, but what I don't understand is you have to pay like twenty four, twenty five hundred dollars upfront for the machine, just a plain machine. And you have a and they have a, a subscription model. That's what makes them so freaking. Yeah, like, that's the money maker. That's the, the company cash so gangster. Yeah, they uh, make freaking money off subscriptions. But we have trouble. People people are not even willing to pay sixty bucks for cleaning on DM, and they will pay this much. <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous man okay so peloton then you have um what on earth moet is i think that's how you pronounce it moet moet isn't that a company that makes like toilets and things moet, like that moet hennessy louis vuitton oh louis vuitton okay okay louis vuitton wait Mars. the company that owns hennessy also owns louis vuitton that's what i was just gonna ask you is that the same hennessy that I'm seems like holy crap they made 13 billion dollars in december what on earth? Okay, they own Sephora. That makes sense. They own Sephora. Yo, Sephora. thank God you told me. I was looking to find out who owns Sephora. Bro, is there anything to invest in Sephora? Oh my gosh. Dude. Wait, do they own What exchange is this? What exchange is this? OTC, MKTS. Oh, that's uh, over the counter. It's like, it's kind of sketch. It's oh, like really? Penny, like, it's more penny stock than penny stocks. But it's one hundred twenty-seven dollars per share U.S. Oh, I don't know. Uh, That's it, weird, right? It's like OTC stocks are very volatile. It's like kind of like the TSX venture. Okay, well, okay, gotcha. I lost all my money. They do own Hennessy. Oh, so dude. Louis Vuitton and Sephora are, and Hennessy are the same company? Yeah, Konag, producer of Hennessy. Yeah, they own that, dude. Wh- and they're they're also the. Uh, Owner of uh, the champagne producer Moet and Chandon. I don't know how to pronounce it. Chandon. 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 Moet et Chandon. I don't know how this is pronounced, but um, okay, that's interesting. Artesia. I think I know that company. Is that that big? Which one? Artesia. Artesia. That's Canadian. Very big. They're very big. Same way. They're also on that. That's that's the Canadian Lululemon, basically. I was Canadian, Damn. right? Oh my gosh. And it's founded in Vancouver. Dude, that's, that's pretty gangster. I, but I didn't realize it was uh, this big. Okay. Oh, they're really expensive, bro. They're 500 bucks right now. Aritzio. Okay. And then you have um, Nike. Really? That's a Becky stock? Yeah, I guess so. Nike Incorporated. Yeah. Ultra Beauty Incorporated. I have zero idea what that is let's see real quick what the frick that is ultra beauty never heard of them it's, i think it's ultra not ultra it's like a sephora oh, competitor ultra. Oh, ultra yeah. beauty bro i am t- like my i can't read it all ultra beauty yeah that's that's a sephora competitor is it actually yeah you can't go wrong owning ultra okay oh they own mac i know mac cosmetics oh wow okay yeah bro that's yeah, I'm not completely ignorant to these brands. Okay, um, L Brands Incorporated. They're the owners of Victoria's Secret, P 
pink Ooh. bath and body works okay i know for a fact bath and body works is not good. <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i i have hand cream from bath and body works <laughs> it's just uh just like a hashtag there's a little secret dropped right there um i'm surprised none of these are parenting brands like brands that are for babies and kids mm, the last one on the list makes a hundred percent sense to me i don't i'm not even surprised the tjx companies oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah that is bro. Yo, those... you know what's weird about tjx though they because of their business model they don't have they cannot do e-commerce okay oh, because yeah. they don't have like they don't have they, they just buy what they buy is not, unpredictable right um, they're pretty much getting things that didn't sell, uh, at, you know, from chains and they get to buy it and, you know, it's all custom. They don't have e-commerce yet. Their stock was like performing amazing while all their stores were closed. Interesting. Yeah. They own Sierra? My friend works for them. Oh, do they? Yeah. TJ, they have a big office here in Mississauga. Yeah. Just uh, near Heartland, right? Off of a hard interior. Yeah. Yeah. Near the 401. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, I've seen that. You know, I know my city ins and outs of what's <laughs> going on. They have own something called BJ's <laughs> Whole Club. <laughs> wholesale. I don't know if you've been to BJ's Wholesale Club. Uh, here's a very popular kind of place around these times of the year. Bob Store, Home Club, The Max, Trade Secret. Ooh, bro. I'm going to look more into these Becky stocks. I'm gonna, is there a Becky ETF? There should be. The probably is. I know we should make an ETF for like you should make like a, a look. It's a perfect way to be woke. Becky is all about a white suburban woman. We need to make one like like Aisha, right? <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. it's like it's like Allah. it's an ETF for like what a Muslim woman would invest in. Yeah, you know? halal's ETF, like a bidet company. Yeah, a halal yeah. ETF. Well, you gotta find out if they're public first because a lot of these companies. We will make them public. <laughs> what is that nail polish? The the the. The breathable nail polish that you can do your yeah we'll just put that'll be on there yeah you yeah. know we'll, oh, have, we'll have like name brand hijabs you know what's crazy how did these companies not go brand name hijab i think they do have it like i'm pretty sure louis vuitton has a hijab no. so so does so does nike i think the, no yo way. let me tell you something when i was in england okay and i went to uh it's called harrods okay have you guys ever yeah, heard, of I heard of it yeah it's like hey rosen on steroids yep and I felt embarrassed even being there because I could not afford, I, I didn't even deserve to be there. Like that's how expensive everything was. And you know who dominated like the, the store is full of, you know, like, like brands and things that we, I've never heard of. Like we all know Louis Vuitton, but these are brands that have names that none of us have heard of. You probably only hear of it, you know, if you're in that space and you're buying. Yeah, they're very items. European. Exactly. Yeah. But you know who was there? The only book, the main dominant factor of the like the shoppers there were all in niqab. Huh. How does that yeah, work? All, just a bunch of Saudis. Saudi, not like, like just a bunch of like these like really wealthy middle, you know, people from Saudi and Kuwait and probably Qatar and stuff. They're just at Herod's and they're, they were, it was, I was just so baffled because I'm like, you're buying like heels, but you're never going to go out and wear heels. <laughs> so what is this for? You know? <laughs> Maybe they do wear heels, man. You don't know what's underneath uh, that. Maybe they're just walking around in lingerie. <laughs> Bro, seriously. It's just, I found Maybe. it so strange because it, it's all about, the, okay, you're wearing a cup because you want to not show any apparent signs of beauty and you need, you need to maintain your modesty. But you're buying brands that are the opposite of modesty. 
And Dude. I don't mean modest as in sexual modesty, but I just mean modesty just in general. You know? how, how how are people in full burkas were taking pictures? Like, it <laughs> never makes sense to me. Like, I, I don't mean that, it, like, no disrespect, but just what is the thought process behind it? <laughs> Your face isn't showing. There's like, it could literally be anyone underneath it. What is, like, what's happening there, you know? But... Yeah. Uh, on the on the topic of hijabs, uh, I think um, I'm finding hijabs more and more attractive. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it might be because of TikTok or Instagram. I don't know what's going on, man. But like some of these girls were. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. No, you're totally right. Actually, they've been wearing these hijabs in such a fashionable way. Very fancy now. Yeah. Like, Not like that, though, remember, they're, they're they're still wearing makeup and their their eyes pop and everything. Yeah. yeah. But no, even the hijab is like now a fashion statement these days. Oh yeah, mm. it looks. Uh, this is one girl I saw. She's on Instagram, and Instagram. She has this uh, thing where she's she like, she has like these big beautiful eyes, and she'll just look at the camera and she'll say, "It is okay to be sad. <laughs> Nothing." And you know what I mean? It'd be like very inspirational. I don't know why that gets under my skin. Like, it, I don't know why. Maybe I'm just becoming old, grumpy man. Like. It is okay. <laughs> Don't ever let anyone tell you that your emotions are not valid. You're okay to, it's okay to have a bad day. Just know at the end of the day that you are beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's even worse now is people don't, now what people say is normalize. Normalize, you know, this. whatever, whatever. Normalize the that, exactly. X and Y, yeah. Everything like, Normalize not working hard at your job. Oh, yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Normalize, you know, asking for raises even though you don't deserve one. Normal, whatever the crap is that they're—that's the new motivation thing. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Normalize thing. You know what's got out of hand? It's um, it's on these Daisy webs, a uh, Daisy channels. What are they called? Daisy Instagram pages. Pages, yeah, pages. Yeah. Bro, I'm getting old. Like I don't even know what they're called. Channels. <laughs> <laughs> Boomer. <laughs> What are those? Oh, yeah. Those what are they gonna call kids? us? You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like that old man. Like, what are those things that the old kids are on these days? <laughs> that Twitch, that that Twitter. That's me, man. Like, a couple of years from now, I'm not even gonna know what's new. Like, you guys are gonna come up. You guys, have you guys heard of that? Like, DDF? I'm like, what the what the hell is that? You don't know. That's <laughs> a great app. You can just upload your consciousness and. <laughs> but um i'm not gonna lie i when tiktok first came out and i was not involved like i wasn't using it i did feel like i was getting old i'm like yeah, yo this yeah. is such a popular thing and yeah, everyone's yeah. loving it and i was just like on the sidelines not understanding what the hell this was yeah yeah that's definitely i kind of sometimes feel that way but i'm also just kind of owned it i'm like you know what i th i think i've i'm starting to feel more and more more confident about who I am and what I feel and think and believe in because you know how you, have you, did you guys grow up hearing other people say your twenties are just wild. You know, you don't know who you are, blah, 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 blah. Do you guys, have you guys heard that people on, on like, I think they, they, they'll sometimes say like, you know, when you're 20, you just, you don't know what's going on in life. Yeah. yeah I heard him. Yeah. And I used to go, I used to think like, like Gary Vee, for example, he, he says that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, it's like oh, I I, yeah, I don't know what I was doing totally back then. To say that, 
Your 20s, your 20s are just a time for you to hustle and hustle. Put the weed in the bag. Just do the work. You just got to do the work. Don't complain. You have to love the hustle. Love the process. Gary Vee. Bro, how is he so famous, man? Because he's super motivating. Yeah, but so is the other guy. What's his name? Do you know the most motivating guy ever is... um. Oh man, I always forget his name. David Goggins. David Goggins. I yeah, guess. I guess he's my guy. He actually, these people actually make me feel like shit because I know I'm never gonna do what they're saying. David Goggins, I think, it ha- has a mental disorder. Like, <laughs> I don't know, really think about it. Think about it. I mean, why does a mental disorder have to always be a negative thing? It's just something is wrong with the way he thinks compared to a normal. Human. I think the word is not wrong. It's like he has wiring that's different. That like is just it's a statistical outlier, you know. Okay, so I, any mental disorder then is just a different. Okay, whatever. I don't care about the wording. It's just that it's he's not normal. I think something must have happened to him, for him to got got. He's gotten to a point where, and I love it. Now this this is not dissing on him, but normal people do not think or perceive the world like he does. I don't yeah. addicted to the runners high or what happened to him like what i i haven't really listened to him much on joe rogan either have you gone talked about it was it like oh a girl broke my heart and then like what happened to him like i just don't used to be overweight yeah he's he conquered like, it fat i saw i saw his pictures but he 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 is a phenomenon like i, I very few people um are actually like that but uh back to that whole daisy daisy page so um, on on Daisy pages, you'll see all these comments. Um, things like um, normalize normalize brothers making chai, or normalize <laughs> guys doing laundry. And this may actually be a problem in certain households. I don't know. It but, is, bro. It is. I've no witnesses. Okay, okay. So you've witnesses, but in in my circle, I have yet to actually witness that. Okay. In your household, okay, actually, no. In a nor- in a common Pakistani household, who does the chores, household chores? In Pakistan, where where I'm from, it's it's just the maids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no, I'm talking about here in North America. So it's it, my I've seen my dad cook and clean as much as I've seen my mom. Like when I was younger, and- you, that's I'm telling you that's not that's not the norm. Yeah, I think you're an outlier in this case. Yeah. Bro, I I'm not saying I'm an expert. In, I've been I've been to enough households now through family friends of like Anna and, and actual family members and this and that. The men don't move, and I'm, I'm they're a different generation. They're a little bit older than me. They're in their like late 30s, 40s, but they sit. They're the first ones that get served. They've never made chai in their lives. They don't know how to do laundry, and they it's just like it's, okay. it's almost an insult for them to do those kind of things. Fair enough. This, this this may actually be the case in certain households. Uh, most of the times, uh, it's it has been, to my understanding, because the women were housewives. So that literally is... That's exactly it. I think what it was is like the transaction is simple. I provide financially, you provide for the household, and it, you know, it's a happy medium. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We- but I think what's happening now is the younger generation saying, look, I'm going to, the younger women are probably saying, I'm going to end up working. I'm going to end up having a full-time job and this and that. Why is my brother who's also going to have to say, like, me and my brother now are no longer going to be having these different paths. Like, why are both of us not contributing to the household? You know what I mean? Equally, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. That that makes sense. I, I think um, 
that does make sense. I'm sure if my sister was here, she would have a thing <laughs> to say about it. Like, yo, you don't really do, you know, like, uh, um, ever since this whole DM thing started, I've been less and less attentive to shit going around the house because I'm working like most of the time anyways. But generally, you know, I, 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 I think the reason why it's different in my household is for two reasons. One reason is my dad lived on his own from a young age, just like myself. Like he left uh, university. That's a huge was, factor. Yeah. Yeah. So my dad, even though he was the youngest in his family, he lived on his own. And when you live on your own, you, you just have to learn how to do shit. Like I remember the first time I was, okay. So I was, I was 18 when I left my house. I was 18. Mm-hmm. And this is someone that never, ever thought he could move to another city, especially for university. <laughs> it wasn't even in the realm of possibility. I don't know how it just overnight it became a thing. So I, the first time I did laundry, I screwed it up bad, bro. I did, <laughs> like my, I put sweaters in as well. Like, bro, it was like pink. Things became pink when they were white, <laughs> small. Like it was a, it was a shit show. And I'm not going to lie. I didn't learn it right away. It took me long while before I realized how to properly do laundry because even though I was doing it wrong, I didn't care. But as long as yeah, exactly, yeah. that, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I'll, I'll live with it. Yeah, my undershirt's a little pink. Who's seeing my undershirt? I'll, I'll, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll live with that. Um, but I think that, that that's one reason why because my dad lived on his own. The other was when I was younger, definitely my mom was doing most of the household uh, chores when he moved to Canada, but that was because my dad was working, right? And the moment my mom started to work as well, when we got a little older, uh, older, my mom began uh, working. She she was always like entrepreneurial, so she would she had done all these mm. courses by before and beautician courses before we were born, and um, that's so cute. So she would do those things, and then when we got a little older, she started working and then started a business, and so. Um, and dynamics change. Dynamics just, it, I, to be honest, I don't even think it changed. It just became, it was literally like that. I don't remember my dad coming home and being like, where's the chai? I promise you it's an outlier. Like, Cheryl, do you have siblings? Yep. What was your upbringing like? Like in terms of like uh, household or like were you was, responsible for cleaning or anything like that? I mean, nowadays, yeah. I just feel like I have to step up. But um, in general, just like every other Desi household, it was like the typical one where like, it was the mom doing most of the work or if it's like the sister involved at some point um it wasn't like male dominated at all yeah like okay here's where it's quirky because this family's family friends and stuff i told you that i you know witnessed here's what the difference is these wives do work okay and they make really good money so they're like breadwinners like they're not the breadwinners but like they make they have really good careers but they're also responsible for the cooking and the cleaning and the this and the that and, and and specifically raising the kids like it, it's just such a, it was such a strange thing for me to see because I am also an atypical Arab household. My mom was the breadwinner at one point. Like my mom was a worker. Like my whole early memories, like she's a worker. You know, my mom works and my dad works. You know, and in Arab households or at least in my household, usually in in Desi households, the parent, the mom generally does chores. Yeah. Meaning the mom will clean yeah. your room and all yeah. that. In my household, we had to do that. It's like, That's good. I, I remember yelling at my parents, like, you guys just had me because you wanted slaves because we would have to clean. We would have to make like tea for them. And so it wasn't like the opposite. So I remember when I first started witnessing this, like 
you know, like for example, when they would make when we go to these family davats or whatever you guys call them, these the gatherings, yeah, these gatherings, right? They would be like food ready, okay? So the way it works is the men first go, they get served, they start eating, then the women can start eating. Yeah, yeah. Like yep. for me, that was like I, I, because I was so weird. I'm like, no, no, you the sisters, of course, well, you women, the ladies first. You know, that's that's kind of my mentality during the thing. But I guess like it, it was just honestly, it was a culture shock for me. That, that I've seen, I've seen that, and um, I never really thought about it. it uh, I guess I never really cared much for it, but it always, it was mostly because, um, it was mostly because it was like, okay, men and women in those large gatherings did not even sit together. So it'd be like, correct, they do not sit together, even in this one, yeah. Yeah, so then they would be like, okay, uh, you know, they'd be like, oh, all the guys go will eat their they'll all get their food and whatever and then and then the women will enjoy afterwards and it sounds really weird and now that even i'm saying it it sounds really weird when when we put it that way but i think that was generally the case for most of history oh of course there's a historical precedent but what's not being what hasn't shown in the formula right now is is women, women do work, bro. Like not only that, a lot of women now are breadwinners, like secretly yeah. are the breadwinners of families now. Yeah. And women careers are like on fire. You know, I actually know more women doing better in their careers than men. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that, and, that is exactly what Jordan Peterson also talks about too. It's it's not just it's good. Oh yeah. Yeah, because one of his perspective is that we're coming to a stage where men are performing worse when it comes to academia. Right, it is a, mm. a thing, but no. But, but before we even get to that, that this is actually a very important thing to uh, highlight. Yeah, I think you both are absolutely right. I think I I also grew up in in such a weird environment that to me is absurd. When I see it's like, like I I grew up in an environment where even today when like everyone every when we have gatherings at home and the aunties are sitting down, my mom would tell me to go make chai. Exactly. Yeah. Like even if my sister is there or whatever, it's never been like in my household. It's never been like, oh, it's a this is a woman's job. Like, like if I go downstairs right now, I will guarantee you my dad's downstairs right now, just cleaning up the kitchen before um, everyone goes to sleep. I promise you, that's atypical. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Probably, probably. I, 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 I do think that might be. Uh, unusual but for me so like for example when I went back to Pakistan and I was in my aunt's house I had finished eating and it was just second nature to me to pick up get up and take my plates you know throw out the garbage and put my plates at least in the sink if nothing else. I get it yeah like yeah yeah yeah. and the moment I did that they're like what are you doing I was like oh I'm just gonna put this the and they're like oh they all just kind of laughed and like oh that is so cute and my my um my cousin's wife so my sister-in-law i guess what how what do you call that your cousin your sister's wife no my cousin's wife my sister oh your cousin's wife yeah the sister-in-law yeah. I, I, not really i don't know what that is yeah so whatever my cousin's wife she was kind of like making the rotis and like heating up while we were all eating and i just i felt so uncomfortable bro and i don't even think i think that's the north american in us bro i felt so uncomfortable and i felt too uncomfortable that when they told me to sit 
someone will take the plate away. I physically felt uncomfortable. Not like I wasn't like a social justice warrior. Like, oh, why is the woman gonna? No, none yeah, of that. I yeah, yeah. Genuinely felt uncomfortable. Like I couldn't believe it. That's like maids. When I first experienced maids in Egypt, because we never yeah. have maids here. Yeah. I was like, yeah. what the hell? And like sometimes we get yelled at. I'm like, why are you guys for yelling? Sure. I, I feel... have already shitty ass upbringing. Why are you yelling at them? Oh, for <laughs> sure, for sure. I I I. I cannot talk to people like that especially people that are i don't know when people are working like that i don't care how mad i am there and trust me there have been times where i've been mad when i just remember when i went to abdul's wedding um in 2017 there were times when the, the, some of them are like you know they're a chalak you know uh, oh, bro i don't i could i cannot get used to tr- talking to them like they're not another human being or I remember someone, I was, where was I? I can't remember exactly now. But when I entered, they opened the car door for me. It was very formal. Yeah, yeah. Dude, you don't understand. It just, it was, you know when you're, when you, it feels uncomfortable to the bone? Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. You think it's a Western thing? It's a Western thing that we feel like that? I think it's a, definitely uh, a Western, like how we're, we grew up in the West. Where, where We're used to doing our own. Western stuff. upbringing, yeah. Whereas back there, when people are doing that for you, it's like it's a feeling of elitism. Like, look, I'm I'm such an important person. This is what you know, like like yeah, like because labor there is cheap. Like I I I don't I would not think about getting a driver, but people have drivers there. I wouldn't think about getting a gardener. People have gardeners there. I'm talking obviously talking about middle class, upper middle class people, maids. Like these are things that I cannot think of actually ever hiring, even if I was extremely rich. Um, maybe through DM. You know what DM <laughs> might change. Yo, bro. You know what DM might change all of this. But uh, um, yeah, I I hear you, man. Those whole maid situation, even for me, it was kind of weird. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not used to it at all. Like I I was not used to seeing it. I was not used to getting like that type of you know service. Mm. It was just it. I I felt uncomfortable. That was the weird thing. It, it's not even like I felt like oh wow, it's a great service. In my head, I was like. Is this slavery? What's what's going on here? Like I don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're 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 getting paid, man. But the way some of them are treated, it's not a good. It's demoralizing. It, and this is and like, I think a lot of the housewives treat the maids bad. Their housewives are getting treated like shit, and then they take it on the maids. Yeah, <laughs> you're joking. I know you're not joking, but that's, people might think it's a joke, but it's a serious um, concern, at least in Pakistan. And over the last decade, it's probably been talked about quite a bit. I think some of that is. Oh just, yeah. Yeah, it's been it's changing because people have been outset on the social media for treating their maids like. Ah, uh, so I guess social social justice does work sometimes. Social, yeah, yeah, of course, of, of course, it comes from a social justice comes does not come from a malicious place, you know. Unless you're like virtue signaling and being annoying. But even then, like from in their perspective, I it's not a malicious intent. In their in their eyes and their belief, they they think that they're doing some good they don't realize what yeah. they're doing is harmful but most of social justice comes generally comes from a good place but very rarely is it effective or useful or even uh, a correct thing to be social justice about you yeah know? like bigger I, fish to fry not just bigger fish like it's just not it's not like what, what are you doing like people that complain about um overseas workers being taken advantage of like in china and so forth 
Like, yes, relative to what you're making in your lifestyle, definitely they have it worse. But unfortunately, that is the way the world works. We, for some of us to have a very privileged life, it depends on other people having a slightly worse or worse than your lifestyle. And compared to that, then yes, we should speak up and try to make things better for them. But at the same time, you know, in China, a generation or two ago, most of those people were starving to death. Yeah, look at China now, bro. So the GDP is like getting up there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And people that talk about how there's child labors around the world, that's as unfortunate as it is. The sad reality is a lot of those places, they have it because they don't have the luxury of those kids spending time going to school and learning because the family collectively has to survive. Like, mm-hmm. That is a harsh reality. I'm not saying we shouldn't strive to change those things, but we need to understand where all these people come from. They're not. But I think the plan with these countries is they're developing their economy. Like, I, like for example, there was a big exodus out of China into Bangladesh for the textile market, you know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. That, that's, just, that's just normal. As China becomes more and more developed and modernized, the, the more expensive the labor is going to get. And then so labor is going to be cheaper in other countries and then factories are going to be moved there. It's a very global kind of uh, economy. Yeah. But again, the, the original thing that you were saying, I, I think I see what you're saying and you're absolutely right. To me, it's just, when I hear those things, it's just absurd. I do not, I do not, uh, I guess I don't really realize that some households do have the situation where the girls are doing all this stuff. The women yeah, there's definitely a double standard between daughters and sons in, in a lot of these households. And it's like based on an equation that hasn't factored in like the reality of today, you know? Absolutely. That's definitely, that's definitely a thing. Um, Speaking of, uh, you know, reality hasn't really hit us, COVID. Yeah, I need you guys to say this lockdown situation. Lockdowns, yes. Someone needs to explain to me, how is Georgia, okay, Georgia, Texas, and Florida have been open, right? Now, the, the reason for lockdowns, if I'm not mistaken, is to prevent a collapse of the healthcare infrastructure system. Is that correct? Is that the purpose of it? Aside from obviously preventing deaths and stuff. Bro, it's I don't even know what the purpose of it. it they definitely. What I'm saying is that is that what is is that the is the reason for the lockdown is to prevent the spread in order to help these healthcare systems from collapsing. That's that what was, I understand. That was the original yeah. definition of a lockdown, or why it happened in the first place. Cor- but that correct. definition has been changing every oh. day or every week. So what is it for now? Like, why are we on lockdown when we've seen experiments of people not being on lockdown? They're, and arguably had worse healthcare systems or worse, worse infrastructure, yet they are, we're not, I'm not hearing of, you know, Florida collapsing. I'm not hearing of Texas collapsing. I'm not hearing of, Flor- you know. Look at Vietnam. It's not collapsing. Japan's not collapsing. Pakistan, the Pakistan's not on lockdown. They're not collapsing. Exactly. Exactly. So what is the lockdown for? I, I, I'm not even saying from a conspiracy. I just, I need to understand why are we on lockdown? Because they're, they're only looking at one metric and it's just, I guess, infections and deaths, that's it. They're not even thinking about like the overall impact of, of I know, what but, lockdown but will do. Okay, look at the thing. Like, let's just look at what do they want? The virus is not going away. So you know, let's look at infectious death. Okay, we'll take it one by one. Infectious death. Okay, so let's look at 
that uh, death counts uh, by state. Let's look at the states, right? Um, we know for a fact that uh, Texas and Florida have been kind of just chill about this whole lockdown stuff. They didn't. They don't. They haven't done it. I was there, bro. I was there in February. Right. So. Well, sorry, it's not February, in uh, October, November, something uh, that time. Okay, you were there. So, uh, where, where do I see? Okay, cases and deaths by state. Um, so, let's look at uh, Florida. Florida, in the last seven days, they've had 25.9 cases per 100K. Okay. Okay. Um, la- That's it? Wait, 25 out of every 100,000? Yeah, 25.9. Are you serious? Yeah, it, I, I, and here I'm looking at covid.cdc.gov. Okay, so this exactly. is the okay. website. Um, the total cases that they've had is 1.8 million, and um, the total cases they've had in the last seven days is 38,996. Out of those cases, um, deaths per 100,000 has been 143 deaths per 100,000. Okay, so let's compare this with uh, what state? Canada. Uh, how do I look at? Uh, okay, let me look at. Let's look at another state, and then I'll open. Look at California, since they're on ultra lockdown. They were. Oh, they're off now. Yeah, they opened up. They had to. So, so why okay. the hell are we open? So he, yeah. here's the interesting thing, and this is this is what is what concerns me. Um, California cases per hundred thousand is twelve point nine per okay in the last seven days. So that is less than half of Florida. And this is how this is how they're showing the data on here on this on this map. But here's the kicker: deaths per hundred thousand is one hundred thirty-one, whereas deaths per hundred thousand in Florida has been one hundred forty-three. You see? Interesting. What the hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so in terms of death comparison, not not a big kind of uh, difference. Difference. So let's let's look at Texas. Texas is hundred uh, cases per hundred k in the last seven days, twenty seven point nine. Okay, higher than Florida and California, but deaths per hundred thousand, one hundred forty seven. Very similar to California. So. When, when I see a map like this and you see Texas freaking blue as shit and then yeah. California very green, you think, oh, California is doing amazing. But, dude, the the thing I'm most concerned about is is the deaths, right? It's, yeah, it's, not just that. Okay, but, like, bro, the is I do people think that COVID is going to pack up and walk away? Like, viruses don't leave. They go through the population. When they used to say slow the curve, they didn't say stop the curve, slow the curve. Meaning, we know it's going to hit everyone. We just want to control. Control and maintain it, it yeah. Yeah. So I understood that logic, but okay, it's, it's crumbling. It's just crumbling on its own needs. It's useless. The lockdowns are useless. You're basically stopping people from living life for I don't know why. Like, because they're scared people are going to die. Bro, people are going to die when they go in their cars. People are going to die. Like, I don't sound stupid because you hear that argument, but. People, people are scared, and it makes sense because they've been taught to be scared. So let's just kind of go over some of these things. When we say cases, and this is this is off of uh, CDC's website, okay? Yeah. Um, when when they mention so when they mention that someone 
has a, there's been a case. So when they say 29 cases per 100,000, what does it mean by a case, right? There's mm. two, there's uh, three criterias that they have uh, to basically um, diagnose you. One is clinical criteria. For a clinical criteria, in the absence of a more likely diagnosis, at least two of the following symptoms, if you have two of the following symptoms, you are going to be considered clinically a clinically uh, a clinical case. The criterias are the, the following symptoms are fever, measured or subjective. So it could, oh my God. having the chills, rigors, Malaysia. My, what is Malaysia? My Malaysia? Malaysia? I've never heard of that. I don't know how to even pronounce this. So please excuse my third grade <laughs> ability, but these, these like medical things are hard. Uh, headache, sore throat, nausea or vomiting, diarrhea, fatigue, or congestion and runny nose. So you, so you just need two of those, you're saying? Two of those and you're clinically... Um, That's honestly... So then that means nobody's getting caught for the flu or, or anything. Or listen, it's not Even done. cold. It's not done yeah. yet. Or you have one of the following symptoms. Cough, shortness of breath, difficulty breathing, um, or a new taste disorder. Okay. Um, uh, and then, or a severe respiratory illness with at least one of the following clinical or radiographic evidence of pneumonia or acute respiratory distress syndrome. So let's just pause there for a second because there's other criteria. So you can have, you can have either two of the symptom. So that could be enough for them to clinically cause, uh, say you're a case. You can have one of those symptoms or even if you have pneumonia, you know, you can be clinically diagnosed with uh, COVID. So that means people that, ha that may even have the influenza virus that are suffering from a severe influenza, a severe flu, they may also be being uh, categorized as a COVID case. And now this is in the States. This is not in Canada yet. So this is what's happening in the States. So that's clinical, uh, this is called the clinical criteria. Okay. Um, then you have laboratory criteria, laboratory, laboratory evidence using a method approved or authorized by the FDA or designated authority. So you have uh, a confirmation of laboratory evidence or detection of the severe acute repository uh, uh, syndrome, coronavirus, coronavirus 2. I don't know what's coronavirus 2. Uh, in a clinical or, or autopsy specimen using a molecular amplification test, presumptive uh, laboratory evidence. So that is detection of SARS-CoV-2 by an anti-agent test in the respiratory. Oh, like actually finding it. Yeah. yeah. Or supportive laboratory evidence, detection of specific antibodies in the serum, plasma, or uh, whole blood, and detection of specific and uh, specific antigen. Yeah. So it's just, I guess this is just, uh, what is this, in terms of confirmatory, presumptive, and supportive or categorical labels. Okay. I think these are just like ways of... Uh, doing different kinds of COVID tests. Um, 
there there are professors, especially there's this one professor in um, in in Waterloo. I think she she, she, she they might be uh, in the chemistry department, but they've also talked about how some of these tests are actually quite in, inaccurate. But let's just leave that aside. The last one is when one or more of the following exposure, also one or more of the following exposures in the prior 14 days, close contact um, confirmed with a confirmed or probable case of COVID-19 or member of a risk cohort as defined by public health authorities during an outbreak. But see, look, everything you're saying, all it's pointing to is like, these numbers are clearly inflated, and even still, they're not even that bad. Twenty-five for every hundred thousand. Exactly, exactly. Characters distinguish new cases from existing cases. Okay, so here's another one: uh, case classification, suspect, probable, confirmed, um, and then. Okay, so the point is that this in the numbers is not clear. The numbers that when are when it's shown on the CDC website makes it look like. Texas is doing ridiculously worse than California, but 131 deaths per 100,000 versus 147 deaths per 100,000. Not a big difference when you consider one has been in constant lockdown for, for most of the past year and the other has just been kind of chilling. Killing. Okay. I mean, look at New York, for example. New York has 162 deaths per 100 cases. They've been on lockdown. Bro, the, the moral of the story is this lockdown. The proof in the pudding is places that are not locked down are not faring in a catastrophic way to those that are locked down. So just by that very premise, what do we do? I don't understand why are you killing your the why are you killing the country? Aside from the economy, you're killing like morale. You're killing like this is not a normal way to live. Like this is stupid. Viruses happen. We had a plan. We followed that plan to a T for twelve months now, and you know we 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 were given fear porn for the last 12 months of, oh, you know, uh, they were kept comparing it to the Black Plague. Uh, what was that? The Black Death, whatever they used to call it. They're like, oh, the second wave's even way worse than the first. You have no <laughs> idea. But, and look, I'm the first one to like defend these. This is just stupid now. At this point, these lockdowns are absolutely stupid. I just want to know what the reason is. Because why would a country want to harm themselves? Obviously, they don't want to harm themselves. So what is the purpose? That's what I want to know. I think there's a malicious intent. And I'm being serious here. People might laugh, but I recall very clearly several several months ago, an, an email was leaked by a member of parliament. Uh, it was called the Great Reset. And people joked about it, saying that this is a conspiracy theory and people are, uh, people that are indulging themselves in conspiracy theories are just making up ridiculous things. And part of one of the things that was clearly mentioned in that email that was sent out to, apparently sent out to the members of parliament, liberal members of parliament, was that in the email, it stated that they will start putting people into COVID hotels. COVID hotels was a term used. When the government was asked, they clearly denied that that's never gonna happen. Then weeks prior, I think just before New Year's, I found a video that I sent to you guys by Rebel News. Now, people might find Rebel News very controversial, blah, 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 blah. I don't even want to get into this whole what the media is all about. You want to, uh, if you really want to talk about how a biased media can get and you want to argue about Rebel Media, that's another topic altogether. But they came out with a, a news report um, last year, end of last year, 
that look, there are COVID hotels being that are popping up in random areas in Canada. Why? One was in middle of nowhere, Manitoba, and the other one was in where <laughs> Yukon. They contacted the government to ask why is it there and what's going on because there aren't any international flights that go out to these random ass areas, and the government refused to answer any of the questions. So. When people ask why or what intent they may have, they have malicious intent. They may act for, like for what, I'm saying. What, what, like what? What do you? Are they getting money I, off of this? No, no, no. I, I don't know what the malicious, malicious intent may be, bro. Like you cannot deny that small businesses are being ruined. Small business, yeah, especially the the restaurant sector, which is like I swear, it's like half the small business economy is no. like destroyed. Small retail stores probably done forever. Large retail chains are also being affected, but imagine all the small salons done, haircut done. Imagine the amount of rent that they have now due that they have to pay back. It is ridiculous. And they're tied in with a lease. So they either give up their entire hard-earned business that they've built up or stick with that stupid debt that they're going to have to pay off at some point. And yes, the government have, has paid for all this stuff but bro what is what is that you're giving out loans and loans but handing out money is a solution so to answer your question why exactly i don't know but the intent in my opinion is malicious malicious they may not by everyone but the people that know what's going on definitely people like trudeau they're, they're not oblivious to the fact what's going on this seems very calculated when the rest of the world is acting a certain way why is Canada acting this way and even before we get into the whole uh, numbers in Canada because those are also quite telling um, this this no one's asking of what the hell happened to vaccine supplies why Mm. is our government so incompetent that countries third world countries have more access to to the, the the vaccine than we do. What what when Trudeau was busy in this whole we scandal, giving giving his buddies nine hundred million dollars. Trump's administration, as evil as Trump is, or you want to say he is, invested in this operation called Operation Warp Speed, to do what? Put billions of dollars into researching the COVID vaccine. This is why the UK and the US government have first access right to these vaccines. Our government failed us in that front. We are we're, we're at a stage where Trudeau now has to beg India for <laughs> vaccines. Really? Like that is, is quite telling to how weak this government is. And what's funny is uh, Modi, I think, or one of his associates publicly tweeted like trudeau back i was like yeah thanks for asking us about the vaccine we'll help you out in public just to like defame him it was pretty funny. no way yeah. yeah 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 and there's no i, I this is not to belittle india in any way but what it's what it's suggesting is what i'm suggesting is canada used to be a world leader and we've become a joke we've literally become a joke in front of the world who, who honestly takes canada seriously so I, think we're just, I think we're really just seen as an appendage to the states in a sense. <laughs> but it wasn't always the case. I mean, it wasn't always the case. We were mm. taken quite 
Seriously. And our government is quite incompetent. But to answer your question, I think it's very malicious. I think in the States, at least, it was a lot of it was politically driven because, well, someone needed to be blamed. And it was a great way to get Trump to get uh, to push Trump out of the office. And it worked. So kudos to them. Um, I think part of it was politically uh, driven. In Canada, though, I think it's an ideology. It's an ideology that's being pushed down our throats. They, they, it's they think that this is what's best for the country, and they're doing things um, that violates genu- generally would violate our our rights as Canadians. So, is there no way for us to like? There's no so the common people can't really appeal this, these decisions, huh? No, they can. I I think uh, if you refuse to take the vaccine, uh, the um, if you refuse to take the test or go to the COVID hotel, you get fined. But according to a lot of people, you, you that won't uphold in 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 court. So there was this guy that posted a video and he got stopped, and he refused and he got fined and he went home. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna just go to the court and this is gonna court's not gonna make me pay this absurd. I just, I just don't know why. Like, I, I just feel so powerless in the sense that I, I think most people, even people who are super um, uh, skeptical about, um, not skeptical is the word, like the people who were very scared of this virus originally and all that stuff, and that were like very pro lockdown, even those people I'm seeing crumbling, like being, basically being like, this is stupid now. Yeah, yeah. But one thing I learned is I actually, you know, a lot of people like i never knew this they actually do take whatever the government says so seriously like i never knew like if the government says yo it's very dangerous outside you know like myself i'm sure Sharos, you ashar we kind of take it we'll do our research and kind of make a decision right we don't just take the guy in the white lab code as you know for face value right yeah. guys but i noticed listen, actually, to, the, listen to the experts okay, listen to the experts yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, well these guys are wrong about everything just why this same way stock experts are wrong about what's going to go on with the economy like the word expert is is, is a it's so devalued yeah the term is has really lost its uh, and meaning the thing is listen to the experts only when the experts are are saying what we are trying to say because there have been mm. experts a lot of people in the U.S., a lot of doctors said, I don't know what they're talking about, but the hospitals that I'm working at, they're not overloaded, right? My brother works in New York, and he, for the most of uh, last year, argued with me about COVID. I'm like, bro, if it's so, so bad, tell me what's exactly going on. He's like, you don't know it's been bad, it's been bad. A um, couple couple weeks ago, he call, called my mom and he said, I finally went to the the the... Um, the floor that's like COVID assigned floor. He said it was empty. This is New York City. He said it was empty. He's like, I don't actually know what's going on there. Like, I don't know what's going on. I have a friend who's a nurse and she talks about how the psych ward is overrun with mental patients because people are... Really? Yeah, man. I mean, of course people are going to be like, going to have way more... If you're just stuck inside, humans weren't meant to be stuck inside. We're Gonna be- we were supposed to be hunters and gatherers, first of all. Mm. Yeah, we need that. We need we need the sunlight. We need the exercise. We need the social interaction. And some a lot of people are taking what the government says quite seriously. So there are people that have just been in complete lockdown for months and months on end. They're not really seeing people. They're scared. Blah 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 blah. 
but um, it is a serious concern. So when it comes to experts, there have been enough experts that are saying the other side, but as soon as they say it, well, social media gets shut down or uh, mainstream media just refuses to talk about it. And when they do, it's mocking those experts. I'm not saying those experts are right, but if you have experts on both sides that are saying certain things, then you don't have the right of saying, listen to the experts. Because it was the expert, Dr. Fauci, that said only N95 masks work. Then masks, any masks work. Then even a freaking cloth around your mouth works. So, and what is he saying now? Double masks? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. who is Dr. Fauci? I actually saw that. I actually saw why, that. Why aren't people talking about Dr. Fauci's mishaps in the 80s with AIDS? People don't talk about what he was well known for. I have a friend whose father is a doctor and he makes fun of Dr. Fauci. And he's one of those people that is is completely against these ideas of, oh, there's like conspiracies going on, blah, 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 blah. Mm. But he said Dr. Fauci is an idiot. He, he has never clinically practiced. What is he talking about? What does he know? So there's a lot of experts around the world that are now questioning what's going on. But um, we don't want to listen to that because I think we've given the government so much power that we just, whatever to say, it's it, it's for our own good. That's what people assume. And it's not for our own good, man. Like, look at, look at these numbers right now. Cases, all of cases in, um, in, in, in Ontario. Okay. How many deaths do you think uh, have happened with COVID? In total since the beginning? Actually, and let me see what this is. This is actually showing because this isn't so clear. It's showing. Um, but I feel like the, what I'm saying. I think the the virus has cycled through the, the main population. Okay. Even okay. with the lockdowns, people are still going grocery shopping and shit. No, know? no. That, that, now I have the numbers in front of me. Okay, and, and it's broken up by age group. Okay, this is actually pretty nice. Um, yeah, how how many how many deaths do you think have happened since? Um, since the beginning? Since it says since uh cases since January fifteenth. I don't know if it also includes January fifteenth of twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty? I don't know, like thirty thousand. In Ontario, Ontario. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know, like thirty grand. I don't really know, but I'm gonna guess thirty grand. Six hundred six thousand nine hundred and eighty deaths. Since basically since the virus began, even before the lockdown. Began, even before the lockdown, 6,980 6, deaths. Now, here's a caveat that we have to kind of keep an eye on. Of those, seven, of those, 2,206 deaths have been of people above the age of 90. Two, oh, so one third, okay. 2,546 deaths have been between the age of 80 to 89. Oh my god. One thousand three hundred I'm not laughing at their death, by the way, but like what the Yeah, so one thousand three hundred and fourteen deaths have been between the ages of seventy and seventy-nine. So what's can left? You add those numbers together, please? That's like seventy okay. percent of deaths. Uh sure, so can you start adding them? Okay, let me let's see. So two thousand two hundred and six mm-hmm. plus two thousand five hundred and forty-six. Okay. Plus one thousand three hundred and fourteen. Okay. And then we'll also add the sixty to ninety, sixty-nine age, six hundred deaths. Six hundred. Okay. So yeah, six, 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 six. 
Wow, that's a whoa, what? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Okay, what is that? Is COVID trying to tell us a message? <laughs> Out of 6,980 deaths, 6,660 deaths have been of all white old age people. So that's one number. That's something that we need to be concerned about. Right? Hold on. So what is that percentage? What was that percentage when you divide those numbers? That's like over 70%, no? Bro, it's, I think it's... Okay, Did you say... No, I'm saying from 77... People age 70 plus is basically like 75% of all deaths. 70 plus... Is that what it... Okay, 70 plus would be 6,066 deaths over um, 6,900. No way. No so way. So we're locking down. No, no, this, is, this can't be legit. Bro, you're is, telling me... This is... This is Ontario Health's website. Bro. I don't know. So, so what you're telling me is there have been less than a thousand deaths of everyone under the age of seventy bro, since the beginning of this pandemic. Under twenty. How is that not in the major news network? Under twenty, two deaths. Under. So under, Allahi. Allahi. Oh my god. <laughs> Nine deaths Yo. between twenty. Oh, 30, my god. Uh, twenty deaths between thirty and thirty-nine. Fifty-seven deaths between forty to forty-nine. And 225 deaths between 50 to 59. And this isn't even talking about how there are concerns of how you classify a COVID death. That's also another- true, true, true. But let, no, let's just run with even if you run with these numbers as is. So the reason that we can't go to our offices and go to restaurants is because people who are the, because 99, like the 90% of deaths are having to people who would never even go to an office because they're retired, number one. And like, basically, they have to really be careful eating out. Yep, this is in Ontario. This is, these are legitimately the numbers. Now, there's, there's this, they also have this thing where uh, they kind of break down um, the hospital, uh, hospitalization. So let's look at some of those numbers as well, because I think that's important to look at. So, okay, this is in all of Ontario, um, number of hospitalized cases. So right now, right now, there are 626, 27 people hospitalized, 289 of them are, are, are on, in the ICU, and 185 are on the ventilators. So this is of, for all of Ontario. Wait, since January 15th? No, this is current. This is current. The current data up to date, February 28, 2000. Okay, okay. So right now there's about 600 some people that are in hospitals and uh, half of them are in serious condition. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, just under half of them are in the ICU and half of them off of that are in the ventilators on the ventilator. Sorry. Got uh, you. And so if you look at uh, that, most of that is in the central south uh south central whatever this area is called man um like toronto yeah like whatever this area is called i don't know it just says central here but it doesn't look central central southwest south ontario Uh, okay and so that is uh that is where the numbers are at with hospitalization now there was a huge influx around the New Year's. So January 10th is when... That's what prompted their lockdown, I'm assuming. So there were about uh, 30,000 active... I don't know. That is pretty crazy. Active hospitalizations? Active, including people who are hospitalized. I don't know what that means. 
Yeah, I don't know what that means either. But it says uh, 30,000. So that's a pretty high number. Um, and uh, f- about 1,563 um, in hospital. Oh, wait, what the hell? So it says 1,563 hospitalized, 387 in the ICU. That was the peak. So active. Oh, so it's almost the same number of ICUs. Yeah, ICU at, it peaked at 388 on January 10th and, sorry, 387 on January 11th and uh, ho- hospitalized 1,563. That it also includes ICU. Active just means people who actively had COVID. Okay, okay, got it. But look, the moral of the story, I think, is I don't, I don't see the justification for a lockdown, and I, the fact that they extended it actually blew my mind. I, w- w- so are are they just gonna keep doing this until what? Like that, that's the part. I'm, what is the? What are they waiting for? Are they waiting for the virus to go away? I don't know what they're doing, bro. I think they they ran out of ideas. So they're just like. But what are they? Why, what are they scared now. of? Are they just scared that if they open and there's some crazy thing that happens, they're just where they're gonna lose their jobs because everyone's gonna blame the government? I don't know what they're. Well, they're it, it's it's. Let's just look at these numbers a bit more, just so I I want everyone to kind of understand what's going on here. So number of tests completed, number of tests completed, peaked on January fourteenth, seventy one thousand one hundred and sixty nine. Right. So around oh, wow. around the time when you get the most active, reported, cases, is also the time when we had the most daily tests completed understood yeah okay so there's a correlation um but let's look at these numbers even further generally be around december the positive results fluctuated between 3.3.5 and 4.5 percent just in january again the just end of end of the year beginning of january 4th it peaked at 9.7 percent around the time when we also started having larger number of cases, right? Of, of, of those, um, the number of cases were highest amongst 13 and under, 17.61%. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah, only five. That's kind of strange. So only 5.58 were about 65 and above. That might just be because maybe they're they're not capable of leaving the house and going for it, um, but the point is like just based on these numbers, the people with the lowest number of positive results also have the highest number of deaths. How those deaths are classified is also questionable, but leaving that aside, most of the deaths are the most old age, right? That's um, what I'm saying. It's just like you're talking about, especially when you're getting to the eighty plus. These are not people going to the club. These are not people that like your big fear is these what they call COVID hotbeds, right? People mm-hmm. that at that age are already not engaging in, in, in such activities. And I just, I don't know. Honestly, like, all I remember is all of a sudden they're like, oh, the South Africa strain. Oh, this strain from Brazil. Oh, this new strain. It's like, dude, we know viruses have changes. The flu virus changes every freaking every year and it changes multiple times a year and even your flu vaccines only trying to get like uh you know um the best common denominator in a sense you know what i mean i don't understand what this big uh i i, I guess i just feel so it just feels so futile man i feel like this is 
it's to a point now where it just feels ludicrous. I don't know why we're shut down. I don't know why, the, why Canada's shut down at all. And your numbers actually just made it even more messed up in my head. Yeah. Okay. So here, here's another piece of information that I just kind of want to share. These are the likely source of the infection. So now this is just probably a, a margin of error, quite a bit of margin of error. They don't actually write this out, but all sources, um, the number of, so January 7th, so January 8th, it looks like a January 8th because everything kind of peaks in around that time. Out of the, what, um, what's the total? Oh, I didn't say the total, but um, out of just just above 1,600 cases, uh, 1,739 cases came from close contact. Um, 929 came from community spread. I don't know what community spread is. Um, Me neither. I think it's just being in, out in the community. Okay. One, <laughs> five, 531 have been outbreak settings. I don't know what outbreak setting is. There's probably like parties and stuff. 600 comes from other but only 19 come from travel. To put that into perspective, only 19 come from travel. No way. In Ontario. Why are we why why has travel been banned? Or not not banned, but like well Yeah, I, I hear so restricted in a way, yeah. Exactly. And and most of the cases that are happening are because now they break it down into um so they break it down into even more. So you can compare outbreak setting. So let's look at again, January 8th or January 7th. We'll look at January. What were we looking at before? January 8th, I think. Okay. So on, on the same day that we were just talking about, 239 came from long-term hair care homes. Yeah, This was the big story is that Canada failed the long-term care homes. They suffered the worst and your numbers kind of showed it as well. Bars, restaurants, and nightclubs, four. I don't know what farm is. They have 13 from farm. But when they say bars, restaurants, and nightclubs, they're all closed. What are they talking about? Um, I think it, it wasn't uh, on January 8th. It wasn't Oh, well, You can still go out, right? No. When were we, we haven't been able to go out since March, bro. Yeah, bro. Bro, we, we were still about, we were, you were still allowed to go out um, uh, for a long time. And then summer. Oh, was, we're talking about January 2020 or 2021? 2021. No, bro, what are you talking about? You can't even go to McDonald's inside if you want. You can't. Bro, I think, I think in certain cities you could go. This is all yeah, there's some, there's like right now, Oakville's open, like Halton region's open, you know? Yeah. Uh, York region's opening up. So places are opening up which I'm, I'm thankful for again it's still restricted and all that jazz i'll take that bro i'll freaking take whatever they give but for the city of toronto to be on lockdown right now and the greater toronto area peel region this is absurd and i hope that this is a like i just hope this is a lesson so that when not if when because pandemics do happen when these things happen again i really hope that like we have a means of like controlling our destiny in a sense you know i feel like we kind of let these let this run in its course we were all scared and i think now that we've had the experience we can like this cannot happen again man we cannot live off serb and have uh uh our economy fall apart and just like don't you guys feel like just the sense of nothing will be the same type of thing you know yeah yeah for sure it's a paradigm shift yeah but and but i don't know why like i get it there's a, a virus it's, it's like a virus happened. We got so lucky that it wasn't a super deadly one, but we treated it like 
I don't know, man. It's, uh, I don't even know how to articulate the words. It just this was such a strange uh, time, and I can't wait for it to be done like everyone else. But I, for anyone that thinks that these lockdowns is, um, you know, the right course of action, like I, you got to get yourself checked, man. Like you can't be just such a sheep. Yeah, it's bro. I'm I, and you know when it first happened, I was the one that was arguing with you that these lockdowns are necessary and blah 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 you were the ones that were remember remember that in the beginning you were the one that was telling me like bro if you're vulnerable then you stay at home but you can't expect the entire economy shut down and i was the one that was against against that i was like no 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 we have to shut down we have to shut down this is coming from someone that's like that had this perspective that perspective when this first happened and i i can excuse i think that was a perhaps the right course of action when Everything was just kind of uncertain, so we had we closed everything down, but now it's getting absurd, and it's not just closing down. Now the government's forcing us to stay at these weird ass hotels. The government is passing laws that we don't really want to. Um, we would otherwise question, you know, with the whole Adamson's barbecue. Yeah, why, yeah, yeah. Why was why was one of his bail conditions that you cannot post on social media? Like, what are we like? Uh, communist country all of a sudden that the government is gonna tell us when when and when we cannot well remember canada is not like america we actually do we don't have the same freedom of speech laws. like you there are certain things in canada you go to jail for saying you don't have that in america it's very unfortunate that 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 we there are things we cannot say because it's just a slippery slope man i remember they tried passing that islamophobia crap and then another yeah. bill and me as a muslim bro i I will never defend that bill. I don't like to. Me either, yeah. I don't like to hear when people talk shit about my religion, but at the same time, they're allowed to. Exactly. Yeah, I think, bro. Anyone with you know just sound judgment would, would agree. You know what I mean? It's only fear that would make you scared. That's the thing. You, if you're scared of somebody saying something, and then uh, and you maybe you just have a weak conviction, or you, people are generally scared that someone's going to say something. It's going to cause revolution. It's going to cause dissent. It's going to cause panic and chaos. But in all the experiments so far where, you know, free speech reigns, you're not, you're not seeing that. Same thing with the lockdown. People said, oh, these places that the, Florida was considered the laughing stock of America. It's still, I mean, it has been. But when this, especially when they were like, screw COVID. So I don't know if you guys follow uh, Andrew Scholes. He has a podcast, right? They moved their podcast to Miami currently, right? And he said, he's like, it's so strange there that they actually like you're not even supposed to wear masks like meaning like it's it they have a social thing in florida that they see catch you wear a mask like they'll make fun of you. okay <laughs> so they are like the opposite they're like anti-covid I meaning they, they don't want to they don't want to hear it they don't want to see it and they have a saying there that hey if you're here if you just came here you are going to get covid we're just letting you know you're going to get it you have two weeks you're going to be fine steal that, it, yeah yeah so that's kind of how florida's running now florida's been seen as a laughing stock when they kind of had this attitude towards covid what, what what were the experts saying? Basically, that, that whole place is going to become a destitute area and everyone's going to die and it's going to be the biggest catastrophe of all time. That did not happen. So once you see an experiment like that work, why, it, you know, are, I just don't know why have no one looked at that and said, you know what? It's not as bad as we think. It's not as bad as we think. Like, fuck it. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be about Florida. I mean, look at California, like super left wing, you know, yeah. they are a massive state. They, they have an economy bigger than Canada itself. And it's they had crazy. to open up. Even they had to open up. Like that's a pretty big sign there. 
That's I didn't even know they opened up. Honestly, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, they had to open, it. bro. Part of the re- California in in a lot of shit, man. They're in a lot of shit. And there's a mass exodus out of California. I see yeah. that right now. Like where I'm working, um, you know, we have all these auto shops in Texas, and I'm, I do interviews every week. Right, we're always looking for new managers, new technicians, and the most common thing I'm seeing now is people i look at their you know their previous jobs and they're in you know orange county they're in whatever monterey wherever they were living it was all california so i at first i'm like why are these guys applying and then i slowly realized they're moving they all these people have moved there's like a mass exodus out of out of california and you know what i i actually think it's going to be a, like a what is that what do you call it? like a lesson i think it, it'll be some sort of lesson that you'll talk in academia about how you how not to deal with certain things because i'm pretty sure california's going to go through a you know like a, a really bad phase right now yeah it was it was a long time coming man i think it just this whole covid situation sped things up but i, I believe it was a long time coming if if, if anyone's been to california um, I haven't been to LA, so I can't speak of LA, but San Francisco, bro, I could not believe how beautiful and amazing and shitty at the same time it was. Like, yeah, you know, LA wasn't as bad in terms of homelessness. Bro, people shit on the streets two blocks away from. <laughs> like, I am not joking, bro. I, I lived a block away from Twitter's headquarters, middle of the night, Ibad and I, and uh, Mo. Mo and I wish Mo was here. He would talk about it. And uh, Abhishek, the four of us are on our way back. And wallahi, as soon as we, we get to the we get to the hotel, the freaking security guard comes running. Don't go inside. Don't go inside. Ah, he's panicking. <laughs> Bro, first of all, you're not expecting that. You freak out. Then all these people running out of the lobby. And all I heard was someone screaming in pain. Like, and oh damn! I don't know what's going on. The, the security guy's panicking. I'm like, dude, call nine one one. What's he's just panicking? So, um, Ibad and I are like, yo, fuck this. We're gonna go inside. Some guy's obviously in pain. We can't just leave him. And no one's telling us exactly what's going on. I don't even think anyone knew what was going on. So we go in to look for this guy and, um. By the time we kind of find and we see these two guys in the elevator, we're like, okay, what's going on? And the cops are quite quick to come because they were their police station was just actually around the corner. But San Francisco was was messed up, man. It was really messed up. Across from the police station, there was a huge night market where people selling drugs and stolen goods right in front of your eye. Shit on the streets. Like I couldn't believe it. I'm like, how the hell is this even possible? They have, a, they, have a huge, they have a lot of problems there. So it was a long time coming. Um, but yeah, man, this whole COVID situation, I personally am done with. I am skeptical of everything they tell me now. I don't believe half the crap that comes out of their 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 uh, mouths, these statements. And people, I think, need to wake up. We we can't live our lives like this. And I'm speaking from, some, from a perspective where it doesn't matter to me. Like, personally, alhamdulillah, my job is still exactly that's what I'm trying to say. That it doesn't even affect me. I'm in I'm that good. sense. I'm I'm actually yeah. enjoying this lockdown. I don't have to go to <laughs> and so forth. I am concerned about the the poor of the poor. They well, are... you know it's weird. They just rolled out the vaccine program in Canada for homeless. This is going out this week. Bro, the last concern that the homeless have 
is is the goddamn virus. The homeless want to live their life. They're not worried. They're not worried about COVID. You want you you want to help the the homeless out. Get them a job. Give them syrup for the rest of their lives. <laughs> no, 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 no. Even that, I don't believe in. Don't don't you you cannot make, turn a human into this kind of um, lifeless thing where you just kind of feed them forever. No, you got to make them feel mm. like they've earned it. You can, that's the self respect part. It's I think degrading for them if you just hand them money. They want to earn. You think people like to beg? People no, I know, but I mean, uh, it's a whole different topic. But a lot of these homeless people, a lot of the ones that you you witness, they're just honestly just can't function in society. Like they have a mental yeah. abnormality, or they have I, some of it's congenital. Like they're just born with it, and yeah. they just would not be able to function in society. I will. You know what? That's something that we'll talk about last time. I think we yeah. should wrap this up. But I want to. Yeah. You guys for uh, coming on the podcast again, and uh, thank you to the the listeners. This, uh... Trudeau, open up, man. <laughs> open up. Who's this pod? You want a, a word from sponsors before we end it? Yeah, uh, this podcast is brought to you in part by DM Household Services. Uh, use gift code Imposter for ten dollars off your next order, and that's it. Thank you so much, guys. Right. Thank you. All right, brothers. Okay, bonds are boring. That's what I learned. Just so we could, uh, <laughs> let, let, let's just quickly. Uh, do, bonds are boring. Becky stocks are freaking sexy. Um, the lockdown's a piece of shit joke, and 90% of all Canadians who have ever died from COVID were 70 years or older. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.